0: Welcome to episode 229 of the UK Steelers podcast. You're joined, as always, by me, Sam Wins stanley i got a group of co-hosts here. i got uh, Mark Hansen, uh, Gavin Marshall, and back uh, from the, well, the Eastern Front. Kets, how you doing, Kets?
1: We had heard you were uh, patrolling the Red Sea Straits as part of Operation Prosperity Guardian. Is that true, Kets?
2: Uh, firstly, classified. Secondly, it's not as lively as that music would suggest on the the, the various fronts.
1: Yeah. A lot of waiting, is it? Oh, just, Looking yeah. with binoculars across the horizon for a, a anti ship missile.
2: You've you've beyond my military comprehension. Already. <laughs>
3: Well that's not good news if you're on the
2: front,
0: by <laughs> me. Well, well I like to imagine that Ketsu's more of like a uh, you know war profiteer, right? You know, he's not actually a part of either side, he's just like kind of there to collect the rubble and sell it for for profit.
1: He's selling guns to both sides, smart.
0: Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. That's the kind of man we're talking about. Yeah?
2: I feel like if I was to have any weaponry, if if I was playing Call of Duty for example, it would be a, me- a melee weapon, like I I like run around the corner and hit somebody Ooh. or the alternative would be like sniping from miles away. I don't do like the mid-range, close-quarters combat. That's that's just hassle. You
1: had me at melee weapon. I don't oh, yeah, have a damn clue what you were talking about. I think you're talking about this. Isn't there something called melee worms that scientists play around with? I think <laughs> is it some kind of bomb that like explodes and covers people in worms? But no, you just meant melee, didn't you?
3: Melee, yeah, yeah.
2: I did. I,
1: yeah.
0: yeah, nice. I, I was about to say, do we need to just throw this whole podcast out the out the window <laughs> and focus on how he says melee? Uh, well, See, there's, there's no it away often. anyway, but <laughs> <laughs> no, it's enjoyable, man. It's good fun. Uh, well, we are here to discuss the Pittsburgh Steelers, believe it or not, and it may be the last time in a while. <laughs> I kid, of course. Um, we'll be here all through the off-season doing draft stuff, doing the usual uh, off-season nonsense and, and whatnot after that. So uh, please do stick around, especially if you're interested in all the draft prospects, because we don't you know, just focus that on the Steelers. It's focused on the league as a whole. Um, and I hear that this year, Kets is going to dive into upwards of 400 prospects. Is that true, Kets?
2: Uh, maybe forty, but yeah, I'll do I'll do a fair few. <laughs> I will hide in various bushes around different parts of the East Coast, West Coast, South, North. Any coast. Yeah.
0: <laughs> You'll take it anywhere you can get it. Um but for today we're gonna to get a bit into the game, uh the fallout from the game, of course. Uh next year I think we'll probably do uh like end of year awards and, and, and sort of little bits like that, a review. Uh and then after that we'll get into the draft stuff. That should leave us about 12, 13 weeks of draft stuff to get through should enable us to get through all the positions, I think, and have a little time at the end. So hopefully that all works out, so stick around for that. Um throw us a couple of quid on patreon.com forward slash UK Steelers pod as our show producers did this month, the effing knacker, Jason Bowdler, Rob Ferguson, the handsome Mark Hansen, Glenn Jones, Matt Audley, Joel Spencer, Steve Williams, Ian ferrugia Christian rob Thomas Fielding, Joe Pearson, Christopher Anderson, Philip Williams, Laura Casey, and the man with the fantastic hairline. Lee Matthews.
1: Thanks to those wonderful
2: producers. And this oh, time of year, no, oh, oh. this time of year, it's probably worth mentioning the YouTube channel because we will be putting some draft stuff up there, including our oh, famous really? Brock Purdy video, which you can go and check out. If you haven't um, already think...
1: watched it 500 times, like everyone else.
2: Yeah, <laughs> quite right, too. Quite right, too. I think we it's could just get a. At... G- a... Sorry, at UK Steelers, Steelers podcast on YouTube,
1: it is at UK Steelers Pod. Um, we did get a great comment from uh, one of our American friends, one of our American listeners from San Francisco, which half of our YouTube listenership seems to be, thanks to Brock, <laughs> saying, um, "Not bad analysis, but the uh, the giggling like teenage girls not, needs to stop." No, nope. which I enjoyed.
0: I did avoid bringing that up. In the last two weeks, but I'm glad you brought it up here. Yeah, well, I
1: slapped him back. I clapped him down. I said, "No, the, yeah, the giggling, good. the giggling stays.
0: Giggling like, stays.
1: It's this our, it's our brand. Like, yeah. No, one wants dry, boring yeah. analysis. We want to like have little girls laughing. It's fine.
0: You know, I, I've need been no maturity. I've been delving very deep in uh, the recent weeks around, uh, you know, various mental health issues, and I think a lot of that giggling is uh, part of an anxiety order that feels the need to fill empty space. So. Take that, Niners fan! Yeah. <laughs> oh, you showed him. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, anyway, right? I'll, yeah, I'll try. Okay. Um... No, don't try.
1: Do not try. <laughs>
0: I'm already failing. It's
1: not necessarily you. It was all that what, that video. We, the, we, there is a lot of laughing in that video. Uh, well, we, 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 he's the first one out of like I don't know 500 comments. Most people saying they love it. It's hilarious. You know, it's fine. It's like some of our yeah. best
0: work. So you, you got you're always going to get haters. So don't worry about that. I love the haters. Send the haters at me. They're my right. favourite ones. No, that's not true. That's you not can true. melee them. <laughs> Speaking of people who are my favourite ones, the producers. Thank you, you know, all through the season, and everyone on the Patreon for um, supporting the show all through the season. Uh, as I said at the start of the season, and I'll mention it again now for, for posterity's sake. Even though Gavel slapped me on the wrist afterwards, I'm sure. Um, you know, if if you're not, you know, if you don't, if you if you just don't wish to financially, or you can't, you're not able. Feel please feel free to lower or delete the pledge for some time and come back in the season. It's not going to upset me. It's not going to upset anyone. So, you know, don't, you know, because, because I know we know a lot of the people that pledge and stuff. So I don't, you know, I don't want anyone to feel like, you know, they have to, they have to do it all through the season or anything. So we won't um, be insulted. That's what I'm trying to say. Yeah. Is, is please, please, for the, for the love of God, don't feel any social pressure to do it. Cause I would if I was, uh, you know, I'm socially anxious. So that, but know, don't
1: worry. The first person, <laughs> the first person to do it will, will be named, reprimanded. <laughs> yeah. will be named and shamed. And then the next person to do it will be called, they've done a, let's say, if it's Mark, they've done a Mark. <laughs>
4: So yeah, okay. So yeah, this cool part, ooh, yeah me yeah.
3: being the first person. I mean, it's, it's it's a worry, you know. I've been umming and iron about it because obviously I'm <laughs> yeah. now. I yeah, did say yeah. yeah. Feet, I, I feet think you fairly regularly. So I,
1: right, maybe that you could step out without being named. And shot.
0: Yeah, well, no, maybe we do name him and then we use him. You see, it's it's doing the uh, mark, right? Yeah,
1: doing a mark. Yeah. yeah and
0: right. then we're not victimised anyone who isn't marked Right. Which oh is great! That. Yeah. Terrific!
1: <laughs> He's literally cancelling it right now.
3: <laughs> Patreon.com. Some people have played ass trumpet, so to speak.
0: Just needed a Mark favourite there. Uh, That's okay. worth five pound alone. No, it yeah. is. You're quite right. Yeah.
1: Mark okay. fans rolling in the aisles. there they got your Mark bingo card. That's top of the tree.
0: Can you all tell that we don't want to talk about the game that happened? <laughs> <laughs> uh, the Steelers do indeed fall to the Bills. Uh, in the wild card round of the NFL playoffs, a day later than we expected, thirty-one 2 seventeen. Um, we've not before we get into the game. I mean, as I said to you, you know, before we got on air, I'm going to try and do it a bit differently this time. I've not gone through the whole, you know, position by position stuff like we often do because it's mm. you know a bit of a different experience.
1: It's the end of hope. End so of hope. Yeah.
0: Um, but I, you know, I've got some conversation starters and stuff, so you know we can go in as deep or as as, as shallow as you would like. But before we even get to the game, uh, the move to Monday at nine thirty p.m. How did you kind of take that? I wasn't best pleased about it because I understand the safety aspect, you know. Let's not get into all that. I'm not JJ Watt. I don't need to have an argument with people on Twitter about it. But um, you know, it, it kind of sucked for us ultimately, right? Because I think we would have had a, a, at least more of an advantage in the snow and the conditions the way they were the day before, you know, than we did on on a clear field the next day where everything looked, you know, absolutely fine. So, how did you feel about that that move? How's everyone?
1: Yeah, I was more I was more concerned that, you know, the Steelers were away and had to delay the game. You know, it messes with your preparation, especially that when as well, yeah. especially yeah. when you're away. Uh, you know, you're stuck in a hotel, you're sort of fired up and then you get there. What was it? How long before the game did they actually cancel it? It was like six hours or something or was it more than that? No,
0: oh, it was more mm-hmm. than that. Yeah. yeah it day before.
1: Day uh, before. But obviously annoying for the UK fans who have kids and wanted to watch it with their kids. Like Dave was going to let Luke stay up for his first game. Yeah. It didn't, didn't happen, so... Yeah, why couldn't he do that?
0: On... Wait, why could he not do that? On the... not oh, because it's 6pm. It's 6pm. Yeah, yeah. yeah. right,
1: not that you'd want your son's first NFL game to be that game anyway, so it's fine. Maybe yeah,
0: maybe it was a blessing in disguise. <laughs>
1: not just to put it there, Dave.
0: Yeah. Um, it, it was, I don't know, it was just one of those things. If it truly wasn't safe, then fair enough. I did see some people complaining that the Sabres apparently played that night, but then there was some people saying in Buffalo that that's not really the same thing, so maybe I'll take that word for that. I have been to Orchard Park and it is pretty remote. And I feel like the weather probably does get pretty hot. Well, we know it does. But, but in the sense that getting to it probably would be hard. It's like, I don't know. It's It, it seems like a difficult location. It, it, to be honest, I don't know. Why is there a stadium there in the first place? <laughs> um, why is don't there a know. team there? Who knows? Yeah, yeah, great question. Why is it not a dome? Why, why any of these things? I, I will Buffalo? say.
1: There's so many cities. in why, why Buffalo? Why do they get a team? But I love it. I mean, it's like a random weird place, right? I, I,
0: I must admit. You know, I've I've long been a proponent that these kind of teams, the Buffalo, Chicago, you know, these teams that play in places that get these extreme weather conditions in winter, should not go to a dome and should embrace it. Right, that's long been my position. But I'm thinking about it now, and and with the Buffalo like starting to you know rise and and be a contender to have home games in playoffs, you know this can happen every year. Like build a dome or or deal with it. Like you have to play it or you go elsewhere. I don't know. We can't be just, you know, yeah, no, game. every year just because it's in
3: Buffalo. Nobody's telling the Packers to do that, though, are they? That's the thing. Nobody's... Yeah, but
0: they aren't postponing games. <laughs>
3: Well, yeah,
0: yeah. This is the thing. Like, to me, it was like, I get you doing it for safety, but like, isn't it your own fault for having a stadium there that's like. The ah, I think area? you need to. I
1: think this this is a dead end of an argument. You're being me. a curmudgeon. The rich tapestry of the NFL <laughs> is like the uh, the various things, locations that are different. You know, you've got Miami where the game might be called off because of lightning and hurricanes. Again,
0: I'm not complaining that. The, no, but that would have been a temporary thing until it passed. I'm not complaining that it gets snowy in Buffalo. I'm just saying play the game or don't. You know, okay,
1: that's a different point. But that's all I'm saying. Is, I think it was fan safety. You know, people would probably like be driving into lakes and stuff because they yeah, can't but, see to get this. So. I
0: mean, they're also jumping on flaming tables off, you know, caravan roofs. So I, I don't know that about that either. But Okay. I hear Anyway, moving on. The game itself. Um I don't know where else to start but to say we found ourselves in a twenty-one nothing hole very early, right? Um for a number of reasons. There was the the touchdown that went over the middle, just just couldn't cover tight ends in this game for a lot of it um then of course you got the George Pickens fumble uh that gives them the ball basically you know in our attacking where, where was the fumble it was like the 30 yard line just outside the red zone right yeah mm. um so they score very quickly off that it's 14 nothing you almost have another fumble then from Muth that, that I think we we're quite lucky to even get back and then obviously Josh Allen gets that long rushing touchdown with the little stutter step is it a fake slide is he not I don't know and before you know it, it's twenty-one nothing, and to me, it really felt like the game was over. I don't know how much hope you know you were you were all kind of holding out at that point. Matt was commenting that I drifted away by the third quarter, <laughs> <laughs> which maybe was fair enough. But you know, the, t- the the team did enough, and it almost, in a way, is frustrating because the team did enough when things had cleared up and coaching changes uh, adjustments were made. Sorry, that they pulled it to with one in one score, but it was too little, too late at that point, right?
1: I don't know. I mean I presume you all heard Dan Hanzer saying that this was, you know, like a cat playing with a toy the Bills like they let the yeah. Steelers yeah. come back just to kill them again, you know. I I don't know. I'm not sure. I I think there was a moment um a that th- they seemed to build some momentum before that pick, the end zone pick which obviously, you know, helped set up the big, the big lead. So I felt, I felt like they were they were in the game to a degree and then there was a moment in the third quarter i was starting to believe it was that like matrix meme he's starting to believe yeah. i don't know about you they started to move the ball they made the adjustments but then it, they couldn't quite put it off it was too much of a too much of a, a leap but I, I didn't feel like the gap in quality was was insurmountable, but I do think the Bills deserve to win. I think they were out coached and outplayed.
3: Yeah, Steelers. absolutely. Yeah, hundred percent they did. And I mean, yeah, we we pulled it back to within one score, so there was definitely some hope there. But as soon as Shakir scored his touchdown, that was it. That that was the game ender for me. As soon as Minka can't tackle someone, you think, well, yeah, that's it, game over. So yeah, yeah it was it was a tough one. But I mean, sixty six to nothing in the last five playoff games in the first quarter is completely unacceptable. It is. It's totally, totally awful. It, and, it's the same yeah. thing.
0: It mirrors the Cleveland loss, right? Yeah, a way, it, it mirrors you know, on, the yeah. stream.
3: But the Jags uh, loss, it kind, of, it kind of reflects that. Not quite the Chiefs, but I mean, that was first half that they sort of like, got away. It's it's just, it's frustrating every, every single time to watch these and just lose hope almost immediately because of these bad starts.
0: Oh, oh what's that? Is that a phone? I didn't
5: even realize we had a phone line hooked up. Gav, what is that? This has been my problem with Tomlin Coach Steelers uh, for the oh. past few years. They're just too slow to make adjustments. Whether it's on offense or defense, it's the same thing every season. It just doesn't seem to ever improve. The Buffalo Bills and the whole football world knew the Steelers were going to try to come out running the ball in, 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 on, uh, on Monday. So what happens? Rudolph comes out for the first series, and they have that box stacked. And, of course, they can't run against eight or nine guys in a box. It's just not going to happen. So the first four series of the game, it's the same thing. Finally, in the fifth series, they decide to throw on first down, and they hit Friar wide open for, for a first down. They, they continue to throw the ball, and it starts to open up that box a little bit. And Now they have a little bit more success in, in the run game. But the damage is done. You wasted the first four series of the game, and and every series in a playoff game is precious. Now, what should have happened is Rudolph should have come out that very first series, saw the box stacked, audible to a pass play, and go from there. And I think it may have been a different game. I can back up my point by this statistic. In the last five playoff games, the Steelers' opponents' score in the first quarter is 66 The Steelers' score in the first quarter is zero. (laughs) And my final thought is this. I I think Tallman is a good coach. I don't think he's a great coach. And I don't think your players need to love you for you to be a great – considered a great coach. Vince Lombardi was one of the greatest coaches of all time. And his players, most of them hated the guy. That's it. Rant over. Have a good podcast.
0: All right. Well, you'll hang up and listen. That was uh, who was that? that? That was that was Richard from California. Thanks coming calling from his car phone. Sounds yeah. like. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Uh, very well uh, argued and reasoned point there, Rich. And um, I mean, I agree. I, he brought up your stat there, Mike. Yeah. Uh, is, is
3: that the yeah. most Pittsburgh we've heard Rich speak? That's I, exactly what I was going to say. I, yeah. He, he, he hit the hard Dan. Dan, um, ah, yes. Yeah, I was just like, yeah, no. When, you, when you're yelling about the Steelers, that's when you get your most Pittsburgh. I'm so
0: glad you just said that because that was my exact thought. When he said first Dan, I was like, wow, the Yinz has really come out of Rich in a way I've never seen before. Wow. <laughs> Brilliant. Um. What do you make of the, of the Tomlin stuff then you know to move away from the game for a second we'll get back to it but obviously he someone asked him about the uh, reports coming out he obviously only has one year in his contract someone someone mentioned it at the post-game press conference he just kind of walks off a bit of frustration there mixed in with you know a bit of a, I don't know I, I don't love stuff like that but it's a high pressure situation that we've been over this stuff before but he's apparently told the players that he's playing he's coaching next year but I don't know is the is there smoke without fire? I'm I'm Tomlin. sticking
1: with Tomlin personally. I think I think there's there's too much uncertainty. They've got to find a new OC. I think that there's arguments you could say give Sulakner or Faulk- Faulkner or whatever the combo <laughs> is, uh, give them the job because I think they actually the Steelers kind of started to develop some kind of identity under them. Given time, a bit more time, they could have got things working and actually get the new DC. I mean that that that's something that you could argue. So probably not going to happen. Uh, but um I don't want to be searching for a new quarterback, searching for a new OC and searching for a head coach at the same time. That's just that's just recipe for disaster. So let's let's give if Tomlin wants to stick around, I I personally think just give him the chance, let him see let, let him find this quest to find it's, it's like 2 year in into this project, you know, post yeah, Ben. Yeah. This is it's you can't just fall the first hurdle like you have a couple, you know, it's a bad season. They make the playoffs. still. They've got a the winning record. All right, no one wants that. People expect more. But I just think, give it a bit of patience. If this had happened at the peak of Ben's career, that's a different argument. But let's let's see if they can actually find a franchise QB and then and then we'll assess Tomlin.
3: There's something ridiculous I uh, kind of brought up with Cy before this because obviously Cam Hayward's come out and said, you know, he doesn't want to play for any other coach other than Tomlin. And that's fair enough because Cam's, you know, Right at the end of his career, and you know, if if it's Tomlin's last year, next season, it might well be Cam's if he's not already going to be going to be gone. And then TJ says it, and you think, well, TJ still got a few years left, but you know, I I, I can see why why TJ saying it as well. You know, he's he's played for Tomlin all all his career, and and that. But then, when Broderick Jones comes out and agrees and says, "Oh yeah, I'm the same," it's like you've just started your career. You're gonna you're gonna struggle to keep playing with Mike Tomlin your entire career unless he stays another 20, 15, 20 years at Pittsburgh. Come on, Broderick, you can't you can't come out and say that yourself. But um, yeah, I mean, yeah, you know, Rich is Rich is kind of uh, uh, touched on that point. But um, yeah, the players coming out and saying these positive things about him, of course, they're gonna love him, but. Then you get the Najee comments as well about the, you know, the potential lack of structure that the the Steelers organization has. And it's it's weird. It almost feels like there's a bit of a locker divide locker room divide, but not really one that's like spilling over too much. But it yeah, I'm I'm with you, Gavin, that I want to see Tomlin there another season. I think, you know, let's make some of these changes. We desperately need these coaching changes, and I I desperately want to see a new DC in this team. I I do not get what Terry Austin's doing that's making this defence this defence on paper should be really doing doing the business. Just making it look so lackluster. I don't understand what he's doing that's that's causing this. So it's it's got I feel like he's got to be the problem here. So yeah, let let's keep tumbling around another year. I think I think he's gonna stick around another year. He's already said it, obviously. And um I wouldn't uh, wouldn't go against his word, and let's just let's get these changes in, and let's just let's just see if we can get something a bit more positive for next season. Can on. I
1: just say something about that defensive coordinator rant before we go back to, mm. to to hear what Kets thinks? For me, it's weird because it's it's the problem with the tight ends, right? We saw, we I mean, we we predicted it pre-game, Knox and Kincaid. Yep. I think I said Knox, and you said Kincaid. Uh, they actually were running free over and over again. I mean, it's not just the ones they caught and scored, but the ones where there was the were you know the play was broken up in in the catch or they dropped it or whatever. They were still running free through the defense. I don't get it. And but that that's a problem that predates Terrell Austin. The Steelers mm. have been rubbish at that for a very long time. Um so I don't know if it's something above Terrell Austin, but something needs to change. Because you just can't have tight ends running behind your linebackers with whose whose eyes, the linebackers' eyes are just they just stood in a zone. They're just defending a bit of grass, watching the quarterback. That's got to be the prior- priority this season. The zone assignments aren't right, right? They, they've, that zone scheme, they're playing like 1990s zone, where you just, you know, on Madden, you draw a little line, and then you've got a, a big bubble round in there, and they're just, and if if someone leaves their zone, they don't follow them. Well, that's 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 been modernized, right? The Fangio Sabin. Uh, cover six or quarters split field defense has solved that right it's it's quite simple you just you do pattern matching right so someone comes into your zone you just keep in front of them you contain them you keep your leverage right so yes yes you give up short plays but you don't give up the the massive plays downfield where a tight end just runs in a straight line no one jams him at release doesn't have to stem his route at all just runs in a state straight line past everyone into the end zone and catches the ball I mean that should just be like the the first thing that you're trying to stop mm. right, um you know modern defenses they, they they give up the flat, you know that's why we see Naji on those like third and long getting swamped in the flat because the defense is giving them that, yeah, but Steelers are giving up the middle of their defense, mm. they're giving up the spine um we we don't see our defenders carry and deliver the guys up, they just stand there watching like i said they, they, I don't know. I don't. I don't know what needs to happen. I mean, Flores was in the building, right? He's moved to to the Vikings and and, and in, implemented this cover zero scheme, mm-hmm. which is spreading across it's the killing. league. Yeah. It's killing people. Right? It's because it's 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 the spread offense killer. And Steelers just aren't doing it. And 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 the blitz. Their their answer was to try and blitz, but those blitzes just they weren't troubling Alan. His his pocket movement's too good. He's not Mason Rudolph, right? He's not just going to stand there and get smacked up. He's going to run. And that's what, exactly what he did. And he saw what happened there. So, I, I, I don't know. It, changes are needed. I'm more concerned about the defensive scheme because that's the strength of the team. Yeah. I, I thought the, the, the offensive identity improved as the season went on. And there's something to build on. They take that into next season. Both Najee and Warren are back. You know, let's just keep that rolling.
0: Yeah, I, I broadly agree with you. I wouldn't be upset if they went and found someone that they thought would fit in at OC um, who, you know, had new ideas and they wanted to go that direction with it, with, you know, obviously either with Pickett or whoever. I'd be fine with that. But I agree with you that I'm more concerned with the defensive side of the ball. And, you know, I'm no expert on this, but, but just watching the games, I mean, the, the defense feels rigid, right? It, it, it's a very rigid feeling defense. Um,. And, and it feels like if you can exploit those rigidities and you can get sort of in between the seams of the, the way that the Steelers play, it, it doesn't feel like there's a lot of flexibility to then adjust and come back. And, and you've said this in the past, right, about obviously, you know, the, the job that the linebackers have to do, covering guys coming out and, and how that's restricted by, you know, running a 3-4 versus a 4-3 and this, that and the other. But at the end of the day, I mean, does this need... Uh, in your opinion, Gav, does this need a complete defensive overhaul? Is this slight adjustment you think they need making? Because to me, it feels like if you're going to make the change, make the change, and go all in, and and now's the time to to really come up with something innovative.
1: Yeah, but there's always difficulty if you delete everything. I, th- I think they've got the, the 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 core of the of the defensive scheme right. They've got good, you know, they get good pressure. They 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 confuse quarterbacks with with good looks. They they uh, roll coverages now. Um, that's all good, but they've just got this weakness. They've got this Achilles' heel. that The tight end can just run free, like run. How, how
0: do we fix that? And to me, the answer to that question, if I was looking at it through personnel, would be: Well, you go out and you find a Ryan Shazier tight, right? Which is a guy we feel like we've been looking for for a long time. No, because
1: when they did that, they they did like a they they made uh, Roberts do a Tampa two drop, right? At one point in after they they were like obviously sick of of seeing tight ends running free, so they adjusted and they put and they made. Uh Roberts Tampa two, which is where he he he's a split field assignment and he he drops back picks up, and just he 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 shadows the tight end all the way up the field, and mm-hmm. then breaks up the pass so they can do it they they know it exists in in a scheme they've got the player that can run it it's just something they don't do, and I don't know why or they don't right. start out they don't they don't think that every team has seen the last week's film where a titan's run free and gone well, let's do that and they just don't they don't seem to come out of the gates prepared for it i don't know why.
0: So you so th- so you think we got the personnel to do it you just don't think.
1: Yeah, it's okay. a, it's a, it's an assignment thing. You know the the whole the whole uh, fangio thing is everyone's got that they tend to, sp- to split the field in half, right? And then to the strength of one side you put a box of 4. This is the basic. I mean there's loads of variations. Yeah. You put a box of 4, so uh you know a safety, a corner, maybe another corner and a linebacker or an overhand guy. Mm-hmm. And on the other side, if it's to the weak side, you might have 3. mm mm-hmm. Mhm. And then each one of those guys has got like three assignments, depending on if their guy that they're they're marking goes right, left or behind them. Okay. Right. And everyone knows if if he goes left, that that guy's going to pass him off. So you need to cover someone else. So everyone's got this, like, it's like zone, but it's got assignments and it's all matched up. And you see loads of teams doing this. Ravens are doing this. Steelers don't do that. They just, they just, they just mark grass. They just like okay, this is much. Just spot. pure
0: zone coverage. It's
1: just pure zone. It's like nineteen nineties football. I don't, I don't understand what, 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 the, why they're not adapting to like the rest of the league is.
0: Mm. And that goes alongside a lot of the things we spoke about about the approaches and the organisation, right? And I don't know. I mean, that goes hand in hand with the people that want to get rid of Tomlin, but I think it also goes hand in hand with what we said, right? That we just, we just want to rejig the ideas below Tomlin. And I think to to go back to Tomlin specifically, I think. He, you know, Rich said he's not—he's not a great—he's a good coach, not a great coach. I struggle with this because we have to remember, as you said, Gav, this is a season where we've got to our third QB. Um, it's a season where we've ended on ten wins. Uh, we've made the playoffs when perhaps you wouldn't have expected we would even before the season. But then at the same time, it's a season with a lot of disappointments, right? You know that that mid-season streak of of losing to poor opponents, which is a repeat Tomlin issue. Um, mm. A very slow start in a wild card game, losing the first playoff game, a repeat Tomlin issue, you know, just scraping past that uh, winning record, Tomlin issue. So, so it feels like I, I can so, I can so understand the, the the frustration with Tomlin because it feels like the things just repeat and repeat and repeat and we go round and round. But at the same time, when you look at it from your perspective, Gav, as you say, two years into a rebuild and we're at ten wins. Yep. So. It it is so hard it it really is all about perspective it really is all about perspective and I think in many ways the Steelers find ways to make us feel worse than they need to mm.
4: <laughs>
0: you know the experience and I think that's what a lot of it is this year is the experience I think if we'd have come into the season we played like the Lions and got 10 wins and lost that game I don't think people would be talking about Tomlin people would you know we wouldn't be having any of these conversations right I think it's been the lack of excitement this year, the, the, the lack of belief that Kenny's the future, the feeling that people, things have gone backwards rather than forwards. Uh, to me, that's what feels like the problem is. And, and I asked this question on a broader scale. I said to people, I was like, "What you know was this a successful season? And I'll go around to you guys and ask that question in a minute. But um, the patrons chimed in. So I'll read a few of these. Um, Lee Matthews said, tough watch this season. Frustrating and shone some light on the issues in the organization. Pickett is not the guy neither is mitch or rudolph despite his recent success six-year veterans should not make some of the mistakes he did well, a tad harsh but i hear what you're saying uh got a feeling that this will be our lot for a few years as a rebuild is needed team and coaching staff wow also now wondering if next season should be tomlin's last wish i had something good to say but really don't <laughs> <laughs> lee matthews <laughs> uh i'll remember that you're the debbie downer of the group lee you're worse than me I'll go to Laura for a more optimistic view. Laura Casey. Honestly, I feel far more optimistic about our future than I did five weeks ago. I never thought I'd be saying that at this point. I'm curious to see what happens at QB. I'm really hoping we uh, lock in Mason. He deserves the back end of the team. In all honesty, we fans deserve a bit of consistency. So that's the positive and the negative. Um, I'll go to Orclave as I often do, for a uh, uh, you know, uh, nice little, nicely written post from Orclave. I appreciate these. It's a weird one, he says. I feel a sense of disappointment on the whole, but at various points in the season, I'd have bitten your hand off for a playoff berth. I think my melancholy arises from a feeling that much more was reasonably expected before the season began, and yet we've ended up with a similar outcome to previous iterations of this team, despite the hope we had in August. Yeah. A lie to that feeling is that we have, perhaps, more questions this off-season than last, obviously around QB, but elsewhere too. I guess... Any season where the Steelers fire a coach midway through surely indicates all has not gone well and much graft lies ahead. All right, negative take, positive take. I thought level-headed take at the end of there by Auklaib. Where do you fall on this, Mark? What do you think? Successful season, unsuccessful season?
3: I'm going to go with unsuccessful because I think at the start of the season we were saying a successful season will be driven by a playoff win and ultimately we did not get a playoff win um you know we struggled to get there in the first place we were seventh seed again um you know we we picked up on these last three games where you know it was it was doom and gloom before then we had to remember how down in the dumps we were when we were 7 and 7 and you know people were looking towards this is this is it this is the lo- this is the losing season this is going to be burn the place down start afresh and then, you know, suddenly Mason comes in and everything changes. Um but it's still not a successful season. It's a season where we're outgained in the vast majority of these of these games. It's a season where preseason hopes have, you know, deluded us, some to the some to the point of predicting us to go to the Super Bowl. Sorry, Dave. But <laughs> uh you yeah, know, ultimately it just it crashes and burns from the get-go with that first game against the 49ers and then doesn't really get much better from there it's it's frustrating because how many teams would kill for a 10 and seven season and a playoff berth even if they That's don't it. want to play off it the, there's so many in this league that would kill for that and yeah yeah ex- exactly yeah it is all, all about perspective and you think yeah at least we're not Carolina at least we're not Washington at least we're not <laughs> um well I would say Arizona but they even they beat us so you know <laughs> um <laughs> Yeah, it's just, it, there's so many frustrating things to take away from this season that you kind of forget about some of the positives. You forget about how good Najee and Jalen got um, at the back end of this season. You forget how much growth there is in this line, even though you didn't really see it in this game, but there is still promise there. And I think it's just a couple of pieces away from being really, really good. Um, the, I mean, the receiving, George Pickens, you know, when he's not, Having the tantrums and having the diva moments is an elite receiver, and you know if we can get him that quarterback, I mean that's going to be a frightening pair. Whoever that I'm not sure is. he
1: is an elite receiver. Oh, well, well, now I think he's an elite athlete. He's an elite specimen. I don't think he's there yet. I don't think he's. I think he's got the, the possibility. If, he, if, there. if he's not there yet,
3: I think he's. Yeah, I think he's more than got the possibility of being there. I, I, I just think he needs the perfect QB pairing. This is, this is, nah, perfect.
1: I think he needs to refine some of his, A, he needs to clean up some of his, you know, pickingsness. But <laughs> secondly, he needs to refine some of the sort of finer points at the catch, you know, some of the high points, some of the, you know, the moves he makes. Some of the route running could all improve. I'm, I'm, I'm. Not saying I don't like him, and I'm not saying he couldn't be an elite receiver. But I don't think he's there yet. I think it's a bit early for
3: that. No, fair, no, that's that's a fair point. Uh, I mean, yeah, it it could be masked by the fact that he just makes all these incredible catches that 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 maybe be masking some of his uh, some of his weaknesses. But I mean, the the dude is is great, and I'm I'm really excited for his future if we can get you know the right people around him. Um, but yeah, I no, I I can't see it as anything other than an unsuccessful season and it's just another frustrating season especially when you've got tj watt playing as well as he is and that that man that that's the guy i'm feel most for because that is a guy who deserves every super bowl ring every season because he just plays his ass off every single year he he needs to come away from his career with a ring and it's just so frustrating if we can't get him that it really is
0: what do you think, gets Successful? Unsuccessful? How are you quantifying this? There's a, there's a lot of
2: different elements at, at play here. Um, Tomlin wins regular season games. He's got no right at all to win. and mm-hmm. That's very good at the time because oh great, we've won a game we shouldn't have won. He's pulled something out of the bag. He's relied on one of his elite players to win the game almost single-handedly. That's great. But in the long term... That has meant that we've had winning seasons, barely, and it has meant in terms of team building and draft capital, we've always been slap bang in the middle. And we've not had the opportunity that some of the lesser teams have had to go and get some of these stud players. Um, And that has led to a number of the problems that I think we've got now.
0: Can I ask a very quick question on that, though? Because oh. this gets brought up a lot that, you know, we lose too, we win too many games and so we find ourselves 17th in the draft every year. And, you know, uh, who are these teams that keep finishing at the bottom of the league that then storm the league, you know, the next year or the next five years? Lions. I mean, the Lions got Jameer Gibbs and Jack Campbell. I mean, it's not like they were like, you know, I don't, I, I don't know. It's I just want to know, like, who are these? It's not like all the teams that are taking the first overall pick are then just routing straight to the Super Bowl the next year. I mean, the Jags didn't make the playoffs. And they're the, probably the team you'd look at that got a you know a number one overall QB, the best three or four years ago. Mm. I, you know, I think I, it's, it's just, I just a counterpoint, just being that I think other teams are also in this situation that they don't get you know first round picks every year, and they don't necessarily have the guy at QB, and the, you know we manage it. But I just think there's other ways to do it. Is all I'm saying.
2: Yeah, I, I think there's there's some there's some truth to that, but I think what you've got to do is make your first round picks count. And on yeah. that basis, my finger's pointed solely at Kevin Colbert because you look at Artie Burns, Bud Dupree to a lesser extent because at least he had some production. TJ Jobs Watts, Jones. obviously brilliant. Terrell Edmonds, Devon Bush. We had the no pick in 2020, which was... Was that Minka Fitzpatrick? Yeah. In yeah. In 2020. Najee's worked out to a certain extent. Um, and then Kenny. I think that was... Was Kenny... Um,
1: It was his last pick.
2: It was his last pick, wasn't he? Last draft, yeah. You look at that list of first-round picks and you're like, "Mm, it's no wonder there are gaps in this Mm. team. Additionally, we mentioned that the O-line has been a positive. The O-line's kind of been a bit of a positive the last couple of years. You look at kind of how bad we were two seasons ago and actually to turn that round and a lot of that's been Omar Khan's doing, bringing in Suyamalu. I still think... You know that it's fact the fact that we've traded, uh, drafted. Sorry, uh, Broderick Jones is really good. I think he's going to go on to show his his weight in gold over the next couple of years. I think we need to potentially go tackle again early on in this draft. But the problem is we need so many other positions that the whole team building element completely has become a challenge because of Kevin Colbert's drafting over the last few years. Additionally has been compounded by Tomlin's ability to win games he shouldn't win. So you compare our roster, for example, to the Ravens. Maybe that's a little bit unfair, but I kind of classify them as as almost the yardstick some of the times in terms of certainly on defence. And you look at their kind of Roquan Smith, Patrick Queen. What would we give for that kind of level of consistency and quality in the middle of that defence? Yeah. Um, yeah. Additionally, the consistency on offense, a lot of that is due to the offensive line and the fact that's been under-invested in over the past few years. I, I'm kind of mm. at the stage where this team of, I'm to a certain extent, trying to make excuses of why it hasn't necessarily gone the way that we wanted to. Mm. Equally, I'm at the stage where, other than maybe three or four players, everybody in that whole organization has got to justify their job. And why they why they're going to be on the team or coaching squad next year?
0: Mm. It seems like we're down on it, Gav. Successful? I'm kind of mid, okay. mid,
1: mid. Okay. Uh, I thought it was a fantastic off season, and that has to be included. I think the the uh, but but that followed through right the way through the season. We talked about it last week. I think all the all the the street free agents and and guys they picked up all came in and played well. Um, yeah. so I, I think that's that's kind of pointed to a good front office and something to be hopeful for uh, I think the way you said there that the line has been good for the last two years Ket. So I think what's happened over the last two years is as the season's gone on the line has, has found cohesion and been playing well by the end of the season so in terms of coaching or whatever that is that's kind of working uh, and, and there were things there are definitely positives to take from this season I think the the, the one two punch of Najee and Warren is, is, has really worked. And I think that's they found something, they found an identity that I hope they stick with, because I think that can work because all these defenses that are playing sat back, you know, that there should be opportunities there. If the if the Steelers had like a really good quarterback to exploit that with this running game. <clears throat> so there's hope. Uh but obviously there's a lot of problems as well and disappointment. And the 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 major thing I think, is that we are no closer to knowing if Kenny Pickett is the guy or not, yeah. which is a big problem, I think, for going into this Massive. season because yeah. it's I mean, they're going to have to get another guy in because I don't think we want Mitchell. I think Mitchell's blown it, right? He's done. Like there's, yes. there's no coming back. Yeah. And I think the road to the quarterback job next season goes through Mason. I think you've got to beat Mason. Uh, what, but What does it say if Kenny can't beat Mason? And then if he can beat Mason, hopefully that's built on him actually developing and not just him being slightly more naturally talented but not actually a better quarterback. So there's there's real questions in the off-season that need to be answered that are set up by this mid-season. But I do think there's positives to take. But yeah, ultimately, kind of a... <laughs> It's kind of left us all feeling a bit empty, I think. I, I I wasn't heartbroken by this loss because my expectations, I think you could tell on the, on the pod, right? My expectations weren't that high. Mm-hmm. I was just happy to be there and yeah. happy we got to see another game. So And they didn't let me down. They did play a game of football. So in that sense, they Eventually. were successful.
0: Yeah. Um, yeah. I think you've got to assess this. And I locked it up, by the way. So <laughs> egg on my face. Mm. Uh, I think you've got to assess this question. The only way you can assess this question for me as a fan is by the vibes. Uh, I come back to vibes, as I often do. I don't think you can assess it any other way, right? Because you know we can make arguments one way or the other about whether it's successful. I mean, it certainly looks successful if you look at the record and you look at what we expected to do going in from a lot of people. Uh, but as far as I'm concerned, I think the vibes have widely decreased because it's another year that's gone on with seemingly very little gained. But should we talk about what we did gain? Because I think it's important to to focus on the positives. JPJ was an elite corner. Well, I don't know if maybe I don't want to use elite and then Gav pulls me up. He was a great corner <laughs> <Sorry>. uh, <laughs> in the back end of the season, right? That's a great find. I think we, we were, we were um, encouraged by a lot of Keanu Benton's play this season mm-hmm. um, yes. especially i think if we could pair him with you know a bit more of a, a mauler there or, or a, a guy you could penetrate with alongside him
3: not in this game but yes overall yeah. in the season yep
0: <laughs> oh, oh well yeah although do you want to guess who uh, PFS top PFS top rated uh, defensive player was this week Come jj what uh what yeah
3: yeah oh wow Right, get wow. Monson back on. Right, yeah. we need to talk.
0: <laughs> By a clear five points at least.
3: Wow. jeez. Wow. They're not the only reason to be positive. I think,
1: as I said, yeah. the, the uh, emergence of a viable run game, which had seemed yes, to be definitely. missing from the Steelers for a while, and one that was included the tight end and wide, wide receiver blocking. That was a real identity, I think, that I'm going to miss mm-hmm. if that goes away. Yeah, yeah we need to that. keep that. We really,
3: really need to, really need that. to keep yeah. that.
0: Yeah, We need to start yeah. the season with that and lean on that. I think a lot of the frustration from Steelers fans just comes from missed potential, right? I think we all recognise that there was something within this team that was actually a little bit better than I think the national media ever gave us credit for. You just could never quite crack it out because... You know, as one thing gets better, the other thing starts to get injuries and, you know, and the, and the defense falls apart. And, the, you know, it, it, there's always something with this team. Uh, and I felt like there was, that's why I was so confident last week. I, I really felt like we had something in it to pull it out the bag and we, we were going to surprise a few people. But um, it wasn't to be.
1: Was it, you say it was ephemeral, the, uh, the Steelers' success, where every time they thought they had it, it, it just yeah, it vanished.
0: Just vanished like a gas cloud as you yeah. to reach it. Yeah. 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 It ephemerated away. Yeah.
1: <laughs> Evaporated. Um, so I think thinking about a new IC. I mean, what, what do we what do we think the, the new IC needs to be? Like, not not who, but like what? Good. What? <laughs> good, all right. Could we build on
3: that? Do we get any suggestions?
0: Or... Welcome, to, uh, welcome to uh, podcasting for beginners. <laughs> yeah.
3: <laughs> no, he just, uh, I, I don't know. I mean, I don't know if I'm in the camp of keeping Faulkner and Sullivan. I'm not entirely on board with that but then again i don't know who else who's out there who's going to who's going to want this job i've seen so many names bandied about and most of them seem to be bandied about for head coach roles this is the problem all these all these top oc's who seem to be you know garnering attention for for head coach roles then who who does that leave you with and i i, I don't know it's 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 going to be very interesting to see if we even approach anybody else because if tomlins staying another year you know, he. There is a chance that this could be run it back again with uh, with Faulkner and Sullivan.
1: But I mean, would you would you be looking for someone to come in and just run like a slightly modified version of the Canada Sullivan Faulkner offense, or are you looking for a total reinvention of the wheel?
0: <laughs> I, I I would want a reinvention of the wheel, but I would want at least a heavy. I want someone who would seem to fit in with what the Steelers. Uh, personnel can provide right now yeah right i think that's important i think leaning on the run game has been a huge part of that but we need we need someone who has passing concepts because uh, it's, it's the passing game we're struggling with right i mean let's let's call it what it is we need someone who has you know interesting ideas when it comes to uh route concepts and pass concepts like like you do Gav. maybe you could be the new oc i don't know the passing game coordinator maybe maybe you should throw mm-hmm. in a cv
1: not sure i'm available
0: <laughs> but that's what we need right we need we need an, a passing game innovator right someone who's got ideas and and and, and you know it, it's, it's just been so stale for so long and 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 we've really relied i think on blaming this on the qbs for some time as well and I, and I don't think having the qbs we've had have helped when we've you know it's been a bit of a elastic band effect from a gunslinger type like like big ben um so, so it's a bit—it's a mix of things, right? We need to get an OC, I think, that is comfortable with the QB that we have, and I suppose the problem with that is, right off the bat, we don't necessarily know who that QB is going to be.
4: Yeah,
1: I think there's two ways they can go here, right? They can go conservative and try and find someone that meshes with what the Steelers have been doing. I, I kind of run, you know, run the ball to set up the pass kind of playbook. Mm. Uh, that meshes with uh, that sort of attacking duo, Warren and Naji, and, uh, you know, that, that, that kind of chunks down the field and doesn't get into third and long situation, uh, play action under centre passing, you know, so that that meshes with the run game. You get the ball out quick to the flats to exploit those, what those new defences are giving up. Uh, use like, you know, a bit more... Where they could get a bit more creative if they wanted to. Someone that's going to, like you say, someone that's going to come in with more passing concepts and more innovative formations that like pull defenders around the field and make them not mm-hmm. sure what's actually going to happen. You know, that, that quad, it wasn't, they didn't do it this game, but the game before they did that quad split on one side and, and it scored and it worked. They should do more of that. Like, yeah, it's, just, it's conservative play calling. I'm not sure, but I, I feel like they are going to go down the conservative route, you know, and have. Have a guy that's just going to exploit those flats, you know, including the Matt Canada answer, which was the sort of speed out, quick out, which which, which did work. So there, there there are things there that are, there is if they wanted to keep it as it is, but, there are things there that work.
0: But we have, here's the problem we spend forever trying to work desperately to trip over our own toes within the 10, you know, within 10 yards of the line of scrimmage. We need an explosive passing game coordinator. I know it's easy to say now, but, but let's be honest the, the, the NFL, a lot of these games, can be won by tossing the ball around the field. Right. I mean, that's how the NFL is tilting. Now it's so geared towards offenses. You look at guys like Josh Allen, they're just protected up the butt. But we need it. We need someone who's comfortable throwing the deep ball. Like Mason has been in fairness, you know, a little bit more like that, but we need to gear the play calling towards that a little bit as well. And, and with that's going to come more mistakes. But the great thing is that our defense has always been, uh, you know, great, at you know, great on the turnover differential, right. We've always been a very opportunistic defense. Why not use that to, to, you know, have a more explosive passing game? How about we throw for 350 yards a game with two turnovers rather than 119 with none? You know?
2: 100% agree. 100% agree, So, If you stretch the game vertically, this comes down to something Rich said as well. Well, there's two things. One, box count. Don't run into a stacked box. That's basics of offensive football. But yet we still struggle with it sometimes. If you throw one deep pass. Steelers don't adjust like that. Yeah, if you throw one deep pass, all of a sudden the defence is going, ah, shit, we're going to have to think about that. Right, linebackers drop back a bit, safeties drop back a bit. Then you run the ball straight up the gut with Najee and Jalen. Football is an incredibly easy and an incredibly difficult game in the same kind of breath. It's If you do one thing right, the other thing will work naturally. But if you don't do one thing right, then the teams will look at you and go, oh, well, they're not going to throw a deep pass all day. They might stretch us horizontally, but they're not going to stretch us vertically. We'll put, you know, everybody within ten yards of the line of scrimmage, which is what the Bills did against us. And it worked very well and we didn't have an answer for it.
4: Mm-hmm.
2: And there was enough pressure on Mason that he wasn't able to get the ball out to, you know, the lights of Pickens or Deontay as much as he perhaps would have wanted to. And additionally then it comes down to what you were saying, Gavin, the root concepts of you've got to get people in different positions that challenges the defence and means it's got to think vertically, horizontally. You know, it's got to think in in sort of four dimensions rather than just some of the stuff that we do, especially with the Canada stuff earlier in the season. That was so predictable; we were calling plays, and and we knew exactly what was going to happen before the play was was even snapped. So, yeah, there's a, there's a lot of different kind of compounding elements. But I think if we had a vertical threat offense combined with a really heavy power run, um, that could be effective for the Steelers. But again as an organisation, will we sit here and be conservative or will we actually have the balls to go out and do something that's a little bit of innovative and not just sit there and go, oh, well, our QB coach has got 18 years of experience, our tight ends coach has got 20 years of experience, Eddie Faulkner has got five years of experience or oh, fifth season as a running backs coach for the Steelers. Where's the new ideas coming into it? Where's the new kind of... The NFL is very different now than it was 17 years ago when when Tomlin started. Are we going to sit there and you know push for the future or do something different? Because what we're doing now is working up until the playoffs, and then it doesn't work if we get into the playoffs. And that's and that's still an if. We've been in what two, three times in in five, six seasons. So we're getting there one in every two years, but then we're one and done. So what's the point in getting there? Hmm.
0: Yeah, I struggle with that as, you know, as a concept. It's such a small sample size. The playoffs, you know, how many playoff games have we played in the last five years since we've been doing this podcast? Three, two. You know, three. Three. Three.
2: Bills, ha- Browns, Chiefs, Chiefs. Chiefs.
0: i i I really do struggle with this concept of like you know it's a playoffs problem tomlin can't win in the playoffs i mean i don't know man. he can beat the bills in the regular season why couldn't he to to me it's just it it, it's unfortunate it's an unfortunate confluence of events it doesn't mean that that doesn't mean responsibility should should lie with him or or other people in the organization i just i just don't necessarily buy that you know tomlin can't win in the playoffs to me that feels made up like there's, there's absolutely no reason he couldn't go out there and you know, any other day and beat the Bills, you know, as if it was the regular. To me, that's, that's, that's nonsense.
1: But Hmm.
0: I don't know if you agree with that.
1: Yeah. It, it it feels like a bit of randomness and a bit of luck, but, but also they just, I think, I think they just got lucky. You know, they, they extended their luck in those last three games and what they were doing was working, but it just wasn't, they just weren't good enough. It's just not good enough team. Not, it's just not in the right place. It's
0: just not, it's not a playoff team. The Bills deserve to win the game. I think that's fair. We can complain yeah. about various things. You know, holding calls on pickings. We can complain about the, the snow. We can complain about this, that and the other. I think the Bills were the better team overall in this game.
1: Far more dangerous. Yeah, far, far more, more threatening dangerous. On on every play, yeah. the, the Bills offensively would threaten you. Whereas the Steelers, you know, you know, they line up and think, well, this isn't going anywhere. And sure enough, Nigel runs into a wall.
0: And hmm. I think that's the real question we need to be looking at with Tomlin as we move forward into next season and beyond. Is, has the offense been fixed? Are we seeing explosive offense? We haven't had a game this season, I was saying before we started the show, haven't had a game this season where anyone's thrown for over 300 yards. You know, when we look back at this time next season, are we seeing that same thing? That's what I'm going to be looking for, you know, because if this doesn't start to be fixed, then you're seeing stagnation, right? It's been a number of years where the offense, for, you know, for hook or by crook, all the excuses you want to give with QBs, this that and the other, it's not improved. And then you need to start asking serious questions because... You know, I mean, the fan bases will continue to be riled up about the lack of entertainment and offense, and and it'll go from there. Um,
1: why why do you think Mason came in as the third string quarterback with with clear flaws, right? The, the dude, and he and he's improved and he's tried to improve his flaws, like, but he's still got them, right? He can't throw on the move, he can't he can't move in the pocket very well. He's you know he's got issues, he struggles getting off his first read. which which has improved, but why did he come in and look like the best quarterback out of the three? What was it he was doing? they look better than Pickett.
0: I've got this deep-held belief this season that we went into this... Remember coming off the back of the season previous where we'd obviously been using a bit of Trubisky there. And and it, a lot of that was about keep the uh, mistakes to a minimum, right? We're going to play a conservative brand of passing football. We're going to try and run the ball. Mm. And we're going to throw you know, short of the sticks. We're going to throw inside 10 yards, quick outs. This is the basis of the offense. And I think that that mentality is stuck with Kenny Pickett. And I think that's why he struggled this year. I don't think he was ever comfortable, confident or willing to throw the ball downfield or over the middle. I think it was kind of drilled into him from the start, all the offseason, that this is how we were going to try and run the offense this year. And he was just never, ever able to get over that because it was the wrong decision. And we should have been attempting to throw the ball deeper down the field. Mitch tried that and he's just not very good at football. Mason tried (laughs) that. And, you know, it, it succeeded more than it failed. And that's why we got what we got. And, and Mason has obviously grown and he was better at reading the field and he was better at trusting his targets and great players like George Pickens to go up and win the ball when they needed to. And, you know, that's why a lot of the time we saw big plays with him on the field. So, you know, short of rambling or making it too too obvious or too simple, I really just think that it was a an error with the way this offense was, you know, coached up at the start of the season. And I think it just stuck with us until Mason got in the game.
2: I'll just add one thing to that, Sai. Mason stood in the pocket and threw the ball as he was about to get killed. That's it, yeah. And That's I true. don't think Kenny did that. He did Never. it in preseason. Some of the balls in preseason over the middle to move, where he stood there just about to be hit, unleashed it down the middle. It went for 20, 30 yards, and then he sort of picked himself back up off the floor. And we were all sort of cheering and saying, yes, we're going to win the Super Bowl, all that kind of thing that we said in preseason. I don't know if he did that in the regular season. I feel like he didn't have trust in the offensive line, which you can understand to a certain extent, but as it improved over the season? um, And it was unfortunate when he got injured, which was probably the worst time, you know, in terms of assessing him as a quarterback and and when it happened. I think that was coincided with when the offensive line started to get better. Um, Yeah, it's, it's really tough to... There's so many question marks over so many different areas of this team, coaching and do you think it was it was Mason's
1: well. deep ball that opened things up? Yeah.
2: Yes, it was.
1: Because Kenny hasn't got that deep ball, has he? He's got that's yeah. about a ten yard shorter deep throw he's got.
0: But I don't think that means that Kenny couldn't have opened up the offense. I mean, Kenny can throw intermediate just fine, and and you know, he can throw in pretty tight windows. We've seen that before. So, you know, I don't think it's just that, you know, Kenny can't throw 80-yard bombs. You know, I don't think it's that simple. It's not like he's not no. got the arm strength for it. I think he can do it. I just really think that he was set up in a conservative system this year. And, he and this no. isn't me saying, you know, Kenny's got it or Kenny's the guy necessarily. But, you know, I just don't think he was ever helped. Would I stick with him? It, you know, personally, if it was me, I would be reviewing every option we've got, free agency or the draft and I would be well, keeping... There's
1: only one option in free agency, and that's Kirk Cousins.
0: Right. Fair <laughs> well, we'll review that option.
1: Okay, we got um... 56
3: minutes in before Gav <laughs> mentioned Kirk Cousins. I was wondering how long it was going to take. Oh, God.
0: I
1: think the price tag's too much. They're six mil over the cap already, and, yeah. and cutting out of Robinson's only going to save 10, so I don't know where they're going to get the rest of that money from.
0: Well, I would review the draft, then. Or you know, whatever you want to do, I would be reviewing the options that are out there uh, with no intent that Kenny Pickett is the incumbent starter. And then when the, se- when, you know, when the preseason rolls around, it's an open QB battle between if Mason's still there, then he's involved. Kenny, uh, Kenny Pickett, whoever you might have brought in, uh, and that's where you go from here. And if Kenny doesn't win that battle, then he develops behind whoever's there, and maybe he has a Mason Rudolph-like resurgence at some point. Who knows? Mm-hmm. But we can't be going into the season with our hopes and desires and dreams resting on Kenny Pickett.
1: I don't. I don't think it's worth bringing in some other Jabroni Bridge guy in the Mitch Trubisky no. realm. It's not. No. No. I don't want a Teddy Bridgewater. No. I don't. None of those guys, not right? unless you're just
0: seeking, you know, obvious depth or you know, whatever the case may be. No, I don't, I don't think those. we need that.
1: I think I think we, you know, play the trumpet fanfare. You know, hand hand Mason Rudolph the keys to oh. the quarterback backup job. Right, that, oh. that's his now. I okay. think he's he's won that. QB2, that might be
0: Kenny Pickett's though. That's the thing.
1: you <laughs> well, well, right, but at, at the very minimum, yeah, I think Rudolph has proved in this season yeah. that he deserves to be the Pittsburgh's. Steelers, backup quarterback for as long as he can play. Okay. As long as he's fit and able, he's got that job. I want him to have it. He comes in, he under, understands the offense, doesn't, you know, rough, ruffle any feathers or upset any apple carts. He comes in, does the job. The players like him. I think he's he's got it, right? Uh, so, yes, yeah, so then it's like, okay, going into this season, you have a battle between him and Kenny. But unless unless they they do sign Cousins, which I don't think they will, or trade for Fields or or some other quarterback that we're not talking about here... Then they're going to be drafting someone. So then, that surely that, that 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 unless unless they move up in the draft and get one of these top guys, you're going to be drafting QB three. So then it is a battle between Kenny and Mason. That's what we're looking at, I think, isn't it?
0: It, it may so. well yeah. be, hmm. but that's a bit of a depressing prospect. So I I, I don't know how to feel about that.
1: And yeah. I mean, unless I mean, how where you know where where they're picking the draft, they're going to have to move up to get like a Drake May or a. A Jaden Daniels right? I mean,
0: yeah, I, d- I could, I guess. I guess, I I guess they could. What what is our draft bit right now? Do we do we know? twenty? Twenty. Okay, interesting. Yeah. Okay, I, I'm yet to review the the QBs in, in a you know mm. to know how it's going to roll with that. I mean, I, I get the sense there's going to be three in the top ten, right? Yeah, uh, yeah. and Problem then if not four. But I have heard. Yeah, I'm going to say I've heard whispers of at least two more as first round considerations. I don't know mm. the mm. truth of that, but. <laughs> Uh, well I mean we'll get to that soon enough, right? In as soon as two weeks, I imagine. Or two or three mm-hmm.
1: weeks. Yeah, two weeks time. Yeah. Come back. But so what what yeah, I mean, with that regard, well I guess we should get into that on the quarterback show, yeah. what the Steelers are looking for in quarterback. We can come back to this. We've got time. We've got a whole year of this. or well, six months anyway. Too long. But, interesting discussion. <laughs> Depressing, but also hopeful. So I I you know. I think I think I, the positive to come out of this season is what Mason's done. That he's come come back from the wilderness, come out from the Come out from the cold and shown that he is that backup quarterback that every team should have, right? A guy yeah. that can come in and win, get you to the playoffs. Perfect. Thanks, Mason. Yeah.
0: But also he's not under contract. So that needs to be. Oh, they're gonna have
1: to sort that out. Yeah. I mean, you know, there's a lot of business to be done. That's the other positive I wanted to say. None of the key players really are leaving. It's not like there's anyone
0: that's a good point. Very good point. Yeah.
1: You know, even Cam's under contract, you know, whether whether he comes back or not, I hope he does. Um, but you know, there's there's not, no major player that's leaving. I mean, what, who is it? Uh, Marcus Golden, maybe? Or uh, who's the biggest free agent? Levi Wallace.
0: Hmm. Yeah, yeah, not a lot going on there, is there? Yeah. Yeah. No. You've got your eyes on Cam Hayward, but it doesn't sound like he's leaning towards retirement right now, right? We'll, right. we'll keep our yeah. ear to the ground. So that's a good point. You know, this team did win 10 games with no QB. So if that situation does manage to resolve itself, then there's hope there for sure. Uh, one thing I wrote down, interested to hear what you think, is how do we ease our reliance on TJ Watt? Um, this just comes back to the idea that, you know, even with Alex Highsmith, who I still think, you know, is, is, is an elite talent across the other side from him and, and, and all this, we, we still, we still seem very reliant on TJ Watt. You know, everyone knows the record. We're, we're one and 11 in games. He's not played since we drafted him something like 66 and 33 in, in other games or something. I think, and two, we only draw when TJ's there. Um, but how do we fix this because right now and you saw it in this game when we weren't able to get pressure on Josh Allen it felt like he could just throw all over the field and that's when you really started to notice the rigidity of our zone coverage Gav. it was when you know there's absolutely no pass rush and we saw that so much the previous year right when TJ was out so how do we you know is that a defensive scheme thing Gab do you think to 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 try and just the no, reliance you, or
1: you pay more money like to good who? edge rushers okay are- paid a lot of money because it's very hard to produce what TJ does. That's why he's a multi-millionaire. But
0: I understand that. I'm not talking about reproducing what TJ does. I'm saying why... And I get it. We're losing our best player. You're going to have a drop-off. But does it not seem that we are incapable of playing defence when TJ Watt not on the field? That's Mike TJ. Tomlin's game
2: plan. Mike Tomlin's game plan. Keep the game close. Rely on a big defensive play at the end of the game. So when TJ isn't in, Mike Tomlin doesn't have a plan. Because there's no one else that you can rely on to consistently produce that really big play at the end of the game.
0: Yeah, it's one of his X factors for sure.
2: Yeah. Yeah. And the other thing is, obviously with TJ out there, it makes Highsmith's job so much easier because when Highsmith is then trying to recreate what TJ does, and Highsmith's very good, um, but when he's double teamed, he doesn't necessarily have the superhuman elite ability that TJ does to seemingly still get past dues.
1: He made some nice plays in this game, Highsmith. I mean, gold, Golden sack was caused by Highsmith pressure. So yeah, nice, nice, some nice speed, speed to power rushes he was doing out there. He, he's doing it, but he's just—he's not that, you know, all-pro guy. He's, he's, you know, Pro Bowler kind of level.
0: Yeah. Sorry, go. What was that sharp intake of breath I heard?
2: No, I was just going to say I think when it comes down to. Tomlin, if he's not got the offence to necessarily rely upon consistently to go down the field and score, he does have to rely on the defence. And then I'm just circling back to my other point. But that, yeah. that was what the picture I was trying to paint anyway. Yeah.
0: Um, Alright, last thing I had here on, on the wider questions. Um, if you So, kind of just coming back to what we, what we think we need to do now heading into the draft. Uh, I just wanted to posit it like this for you all. If, if you have the top three rounds of the draft at your disposal, mm. Rounds one, two, and three, and let's say you've got one splashy free agent signing. Not you know, not to say who it is, but just you know an an idea of a position. What what positions are you targeting with those four?
1: Interesting picks. Okay, mm. it depends because who, where you go with the free agency determines where you go with your draft. So it depends who the, who is who is available. Uh, but I I think you, they need they definitely need a corner, clearly. To, I don't think I don't want yeah. to see Pat P out there anymore. And
0: you, uh, uh, for me, that's got to be either the free agent. I don't know who's necessarily available, but a free agent that's signing sign or a first or second round pick.
1: Well, I can tell you who's available. Uh, Jalen Johnson's available for 16 million. They ain't getting him. That's too much money. Yeah. Uh, I, that's this, I'm going off the spot track market values here, mm-hmm. right? Uh, Legere Spe- Sneed. Because I, what I don't think they need, they don't need another Patrick Peterson. They don't need another 30-year-old guy, 30-year-old. I think they, they really need a young guy coming in that's got yeah. the rest of his career ahead of him that can grow and develop with, along with Porter. So a guy like Jeff Acuda, 25, but he's going to cost $14 million. Uh, What about, you know, I think a guy maybe that's that's coming off a, a little bit of a troubled first contract like CJ Henderson, Carolina. He might be $8 million. He's 26. He could be a good guy. Keyshawn Nixon, from Green Bay, 27. He'd be real cheap. 2 million. Sean Bunting from Tennessee, 27. It's about 7 million. What about, uh, Noah, Igbinahin from the, I think he's with Dallas.
0: Noah Yeah, that
1: guy. Iqbinaheen. Uh, he'd only be, he's only 24, but 4 million. Kristen Fulton. There's, there's guys in this draft or, uh, you know, along with, yeah. you know, the headliners are going to be Jalen Johnson, Stephon Gilmore, uh, Kendall Fuller. Um, chidobio Ouzier, depending who goes back or who doesn't there is big money corners and i'm leaning maybe towards signing one of those guys just because traditionally the steelers have been bad at identifying talent in the draft they seem to always end up going for these kind of zone run heavy corners and i i I just think screw it man you've got porter let's just go like hardcore hard mode two like Dark heart, uh, press man corners.
0: This is why I wish so badly that we could have got Devon Witherspoon somehow. I know, I know it was impossible, <laughs> but I just really wanted that pairing.
1: Yeah, I mean, you know, that, I think that that would that would stand him in good stead. So, so if I go, so I'm saying go free agency and corner. Sorry, mm-hmm. it's a very long winded answer to your question. Uh, then I think you go probably tackle first round, then tackle. maybe. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So to go, so you move it. So you're looking for a right tackle, maybe.
1: Yeah, right tackle moving Brojo. Or maybe if there's like if there's a really good pass protecting left tackle, I'll I'll keep Brojo at right tackle because he's great in the run game. And then, and then my two other areas, I think, depending what happens with Cam, but I, I do think some kind of disruptive presence on the D line because I think that needs to be the strength of the team. And then then like a good middle linebacker.
3: that would be my four.
0: Okay. Any any advance on that from the other two? Any other areas?
3: I mean, I would, I would definitely say, you're talking about the first three rounds. I, I think we need a center in that, whether it mm. comes from the draft. And I, I would be definitely looking at the draft because there are definitely people in that draft that I, I have definitely got my eye on, but um, I, I What about, fit... what about uh, Tyler Baddash in the uh, free agent? Oh, block. is he a free agent? He's
1: free
3: agent. Oh, yeah. Baddash. All right. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it's a, desperate need isn't it I mean we can't we cannot roll out with Mason Cole again so yeah I mean that that's that's one of my key needs there Uh, middle linebacker is an interesting one because it doesn't look like it's like an amazing draft class coming up there's a couple of like higher end people that are kind of more towards the back end of the first maybe second round picks I don't know if that's where you'd be looking I mean I'm just kind of looking at some of the top three agents that are that are out there i'll find you a
1: guy I'll, I'll always find you a guy in a draft mark don't worry about that. <laughs> oh yeah no but
3: they're, they're, i mean there's a couple of interesting options that you could you could possibly put um look at in the uh in the free agency as well um just looking at some names in there but again a couple of them quite old but i mean corner yeah uh, i would definitely go corner um one way or the other i like some of the options you were you were putting out there um Murphy Bunting's an interesting option um, in my Yeah, eye. I said him. He yeah, him you, did, you did. Yeah, that's what I was saying. Yeah, I, yeah, when you mentioned him, I was like, yeah, that's that's actually quite an interesting uh, route we could take maybe. Um, he's only 26. Um, so yeah, I, I, I would agree with you in corner and I would agree with you in defensive tackle especially. I think you do need somebody to go alongside Benton for when Cam does it does inevitably go. It's a pretty yeah. good free agency class
1: coming up of those it, guys. It is, yeah. I was looking at some of those. I mean, <laughs> yeah, we'd,
3: we'd have to... Dig into the pockets, I think, a little bit, but
1: uh, well, I don't know. I, I'll read you some names here. Uh, Raquan Davis, oh, that was my red star guy from Miami. I mean, he, I think he was wasted there. He, that guy, I think, on the Steelers would be the next coming cam. Uh, AJ Epinesa from the Bills, 26, I think he could do a job. Neville Gallimore, Jordan Elliott from the Browns, Lecky Fotu, Ross Blacklock, uh, Benito Jones, and Crisis Tonga. J- Javon Kinlaw and Tim Settle. I mean, that is a good defensive lineman class that you can. There's a number of different sort of flavors of D lineman there that they could go either way. Well, there you go. Uh, yeah, like, yeah. I'd be tempted by one of those guys.
3: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And then yeah, that's one less thing we need to address in there. So yeah, I would say yeah, ta- um, defensive tackle. Yeah, offensive tackle. I think is definitely something that I think we could. I think if we get that in the draft and we could develop, you know, a guy alongside Broderick, um, that. That really sets us up, I think, for the future. Um, so, yeah, offensive tackle, corner, and yeah, center for me, I think is is one of, is the key thing that we need to uh, we need to lock mm. down. Good chat.
2: Yeah, yeah, I'm uh, similar to that, Mark. I've got, and it depends on how it falls on the night, but I would have offensive tackle and center. One of those would be my first round pick. Um and the alternative would be the second round pick. I think I'd leave corner to third round because on some of the mock drafts I've seen, you've still got guys like Van Pran falling that far Um and, and he certainly looks reasonable enough. Obviously, we'll come on to discuss some of those players in due course. Uh, free agency, I'd be looking at linebacker, I'd be looking at strong safety and I'd be looking at D-line. Um, just to highlight linebackers, uh Levante David, Bobby Wagner, Patrick Queen. There's some some decent talent there potentially as well. So uh oh, and punter. That's gotta be there. I don't care if it's <laughs> yeah. whatever round it needs to be. We need yeah. competent, consistent punting.
3: I brought up Punt God the other week and more and more that is uh <laughs> That is idea. looking <laughs> like yeah, God. I'd even just try and get McAfee out of retirement at this point. Bloody else, just <laughs> anybody, please. Yeah. What
1: about uh, what about the Steelers free agents? I mean, are you bringing back? You bring about Levi?
0: Have you got a list? Please, yeah, uh, I got uh, yeah. I'll go for him. Can Levi, for he's
1: him? probably so. I, I, the the figures here are what they were playing on this year, right? So, mm-hmm. Levi, twenty nine, four million.
3: I, I want him out. I. I no. can't stancing so you're, you're done wallace you're done. In a, yeah i can't do anymore okay it seems strong
1: i just
3: can't i just can't
1: adams 29 2.5 million bring him back useful okay.
2: yeah keep him yeah, yeah.
0: for depth yeah and i would say for yeah. levi as well four million what, what do you think of that gab because for me yeah i, I, I think bring him back, yeah,
1: i think I, I think run pat p out of town make him like uh cornerbacks coach quality control or something I, give him a coaching role, and I think keep Levi. Personally.
0: I know we don't love Levi Wallace, but you've got to think, are we going to be able to get better than Levi Wallace yeah. for this? If you're bringing a
1: rookie in, I want to start Levi and let the rookie yeah. win the job. Uh, all right. Um, Killerbrew, 31. 31, that dude. Uh, Two million. Yep,
0: yeah, keep, keep him around. Keep him. Yep. Okay. Bearing in mind, D-O.
1: bearing in mind, at the moment we've got six million in cap. I'm sure they can fiddle <laughs> some numbers and stuff, but so that's we've already burnt through. We're now sorry, we're six million over the cap right now. We've so got Omar. Oh, no, it's no, fine. I, I, no, it's hang
0: fine. about. It. I don't want to play with that. with 6 million over the cap. That's not not true. That's not going to be okay. where we okay, are. Okay, I don't fine. know. What's All right, fine.
1: So we, we just ignore that. <laughs> yeah? Just, yeah,
0: it's just a real... because business.
1: you know there's like you know Phil from accounts out there going. Well, actually, I mean,
0: stage in the season that number's like so relevant. Let's <laughs> just wait until we Marcus Golden.
1: Marcus then the ages are what they'll be next next season Marcus golden
3: 33 1.3 million
0: if he wants another season you welcome him back I think yeah look great great, look great, shot, great this I, year. I really
3: don't want to touch that edge group uh, the way yeah. it is at the moment so. keep
0: him for another year if you, if you want yeah. to maybe yeah. bring a guy in I'm, I'm open to that too but hmm.
3: I think he, if
1: he wants to play for an if he I don't do you think he did enough to earn a big contract at his age I don't no, think so no it would be no. another so, year-long
0: deal it would be close yeah. close to what he's earned again yeah
1: okay Quan Alexander, thirty one point three million as well.
0: That's a question of just how do you end up at how do you end up looking at linebacker? I would imagine we would have the depth that you would satisfy at that price tag. Again for another year, if you wanted to, just for depth. I thought he did pretty good in coverage. But also, but also there's the age combined with the injury. You know, yeah. let's let that would be a wait and see for me.
1: Miss, miss tackle rate high, quite high. Yeah.
0: Yeah, that would be a wait and see. If you
1: can find a guy like Dorian Williams in the draft yeah. that can do what Quan does, but tackle a bit better, as he's as we saw in this game, because he's an upside down, upside down Dorito. Did you see it? I did remember from the. I did. He's so wide and so narrow. Wide, yeah. <laughs> as soon as his name, I
0: was like, ah, oh, Dorian. It's a
1: triangle man. <laughs> yeah, literally a cartoon character. Um, oh
0: wait, hang on. He w- wait, wait, wait. Uh, the Green Wave. I was thinking, what college was he at? He was at the, the uh, Toledo yeah. Green Wave. Yeah, yeah, that's there right. There we go. Sorry,
1: Graham. Yeah. <laughs> um, Pierre, 28. 28 for James Pierre. Feels like he's been He's only twenty eight. pocket. Th-
0: to me, he feels younger than 28. Yeah, exactly. I was I like, yeah. Oh, I thought he was older
1: than that. Yeah. Uh, 1.3 million as well.
0: Uh, that's again a depth thing. I mean, you know, that's a special teams question for me. Uh, okay. Mm.
1: Uh, Armani, Armon, whatever his name is, Watts, 28, 1.2 million.
0: Uh, again, you know, I like Watts, but a guy you could let go if you wanted to. He's he's going to be around on the street, I imagine. Bring yeah, it back doesn't feel like much of a difference. No, bring him back near vet minimum if you want to, but yeah. he's available.
1: Uh, Channon Sullivan, twenty eight, one point two million.
0: Okay, this is an interesting one, right? I mean, it feels like we developed a little something with Channon Sullivan in mm-hmm. the slot position.
3: I wouldn't hate it if he came back for sure. i I, you know, I thought he was, I thought he was doing quite well at points in the in this season, so. I wouldn't say what
1: Sullivan's done is he's
3: he's not made that many plays,
1: but what he's been good at is taking slot guys out of the play mm, yeah. so they don't get thrown at. Yeah. Which kind of doesn't really show up in highlights. Yeah, you don't yeah. really notice him, but he's out there doing a job. But I kind of want a bit more from my slot corner. I want a bit more. I want a bit more Mike Hilton, a bit more Arthur Moulette. And Sullivan's kind of a silent man.
0: Yeah, that's, that's a position you, I think you highlight on the board and you say, look, we're comfortable with a guy we've got, but we're happy to bring in a young guy, maybe a guy later in the draft, maybe, you know, a free agent or whatever you see. The opportunity is there to improve, but I think we're comfortable enough going in. We don't need to target anyone to fill that spot.
1: Hmm. And, and they've got Corey Trice.
0: Of course. Who hopefully course. will come back and make a massive
1: impact. Okay. Uh, I want to be the very best. Blake Martinez, 30, 1.1 million.
0: Sign him, pay him with a Charizard card. <laughs> I, can't I don't know what
1: that means, but fine.
0: <laughs> oh, dear. You even set me up for this and I didn't drop it did at <laughs> uh,
1: He's gone, isn't he? He's, he's not done enough yeah, to earn I a million, pounds from million dollars from the, the Roonies. No. Um, Miles Boykin, 28 years old, 1 million dollar.
0: I mean, that's just a vet minimum thing, right? If you want him mm. around next year, cool. If you don't...
1: I uh, He's... he's uh, Alan Robinson has t- stolen his role. Mm. Mm. Yeah, he does
0: a, be special special teams teams yeah. does a lot of special teams, though.
2: He does a lot of special teams, though. He's always the guy that's stood next to the ball, sort of blowing it further down the field on a punt. I always quite like that. <laughs> that <laughs> he's, the the he's the blow guy. He's the blow guy.
0: He's got the hey, strongest... guy. Did he test that? Did he like bring them all in one day and do like a breathalyzer test and see can who can you make the hardest move
1: without actually touching? Him? Yeah, who
0: puffs the hardest? Uh, and it was him. Yeah. <laughs>
2: yeah, just can think it's really right. hard that he's going an extra four yards and it somehow uh, does.
0: Especially for the listeners, can we get everyone's loudest blow directly down the mic? Gavin, oh, can no, be like no,
1: that? no, no, never blow. That was like Dave Never blow on, on mic. Yeah, yeah, yeah no. no, never
2: blow on mics. <laughs> never, 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 ever, ever,
1: ever. ever. If, you, if you want to look like an amateur, blow on a microphone. Everyone goes amateur. Now. I, I I think Boykin's gone. Yeah. I'm sorry. Well, I, I, I really like Boykin, but I think uh, and, uh, unless they can't they can't re um, rework Robinson's contract and he's sticking around, he he's demanding that 10 million he's due, uh, then there's a case for cutting Robinson and keeping Boykin. But I think I think Robinson is like a priority. Let's extend you for another couple of years um, and not have that ridiculous cap hit. And then I think Boykin
2: take needs- it or leave it. He needs to be in and around the practice squad if we're not... Uh, we, we spend so many time bringing back players you never heard of. There's just been a list of 17 that we've come back to again. Boykin you- should be somewhere in and around this team.
0: Well, I mean, these are the futures contracts, to be fair, I guess. Well, <laughs> still. Do that every year. Yeah. Can't say that yeah. they, they bring back 17 players, but what about Boykin?
3: <laughs>
1: uh, okay, here's an obvious one. Uh, he's 29. He was on 1 million... It's Mason Rudolph. <laughs> yeah,
0: I yeah. think uh, we we try and work something out there if possible.
1: Unless he becomes an absolute asshole and demands like more money than than uh, anyone than he's worth. But I think I think if he's reasonable, and I think he will be reasonable. I think. He
3: gets why that. Why wouldn't he ask for Trubisky's contract after that? I mean, trubisky I don't been, think he's. I don't. Think yeah. Trubisky's been terrible and definitely not worth what he's getting. But why can't uh-huh. Mason use that as leverage?
0: I mean, Matt, you're totally right. I mean, if I, if you're Mason's agent, that's the first thing you say when you walk in. Exactly, yeah. Yeah.
1: And I say, well, you're not the gifted athlete that uh, Trubisky is. Obviously, he didn't work out in our offence, but um, we like what you do, but we think you're half the athlete, so we're going to pay you half the amount. So two million, how, how are you taking it? Put
0: in half the effort. Yeah.
1: <laughs> double, double the effort. <laughs> um,
2: uh, someone, someone will pay him in this league. They'll have watched those last few games. That's what I mean, yeah. Like, yeah. Someone, someone will on. pay him. Yeah, look look at how Josh Dobbs did the last few sort of games this year. Like he, he he sat on the Steelers as third QB, fourth QB, whatever he was for years. Never got a look in at the Steelers, and he went to uh, you know Arizona and balled out for a few games. So,
1: and then crashed hard like oh, yeah.
2: a, a second stage of a NASA rocket <laughs> into the ocean. <laughs> um,
1: Michael Walker, twenty seven, one million.
0: Again, this is a you know. Probably not on the 53 of a fresh team next year. I'd buy the handoff
1: for a million if he's coming back yeah, for a sure, million. I'm
0: sure you would, but mm. maybe the practice could. Can we put him there?
1: Okay. And then we've got um, four dudes. Well, three dudes. Chappelle, Russell. These are restricted free agents. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Rennell Wren, Wren and Dylan Cook. I mean, we, we don't know enough about them to well, that's, know. But that's all it? well and good. Rennell Wren is 29 years old. I know that. and that is. I
0: remember good. having some Rennell Wren discussions when we were talking about, you know, online back mm. then.
1: And then Elijah Riley's the outlier at twenty-six for seven hundred k. Oh,
0: that's that's below the vet minimum, isn't it? I don't know <laughs> I what's going on there. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I like Riley, but he hasn't. It seems like an easy. Uh, he's probably the next guy to be cut, to be honest. If they needed to, I think so. Yeah, so, yeah shame. I don't, I, don't, I don't see it happening for him.
1: And then the other the other person that I can't believe is earning this little from the Steelers. This has got to be the oh. most dollar value that anyone has had. Eric Rowe earned 144 k <laughs> oh, from the Steelers this year. Oh,
0: because they signed, that's why. Because they signed halfway through the year. You're telling us what they Yeah, earned. he's still
1: getting okay. paid by yeah. Uh, Carolina. Yeah, Let's yeah, uh, But surely that's value for money. And I think that dude has... I mean, in this game, he saved the third touchdown. He yeah. nearly picked it off. Sorry, he was the one. He was the one. It wasn't uh, Roberts. It was him. He, he was the one on the Tampa drop in cover two. From the line of scrimmage, by the way. Dropped back and... Um, when Diggs run right the right, right the way through the middle of the defense, he was there, tipped the ball, nearly picked it off. Everyone was disappointed he didn't make the pick, but actually the play was amazing. Uh, good coverage on Kincaid, first quarter. Uh, took Cook out of the motion passing game in man. I mean, pff, I think he deserves, a, at least deserves a vet minimum one-year deal. Eric Curry. I mean, what is he, 30, 30? Yeah, be 32 <clears> next <throat> year. But that experience shows. I think he's he's done more than enough to get a deal. Yeah.
0: I'm fine mm. with it. Yeah, I mean, we're looking for a safety, right? Yeah, me, yeah. me, and
3: Sai don't hate him. We'll t- we'll take that. Yeah, we yeah. love him. Great movement, yeah.
0: mm. fluid, <laughs> fluid athlete. Um, I just wanted to point this out. Uh, Kets mentioned those futures contract. Two interesting ones on that list: uh, Denzel Mims, mm. mm-hmm. and Marquez Calloway. Two wide oh, yes. receivers we've seen before. Prominent. Was- Calloway was
1: the converted quarterback, right? Yeah. The, uh, on... the army was it army or air force? I think it was army. Let's
0: have a look marcus Callaway was he not the guy he's who like, played for the saints I that right? yeah he played for oh, the saints it?
1: yeah but he's one of those one of those quarterbacks that doesn't throw the ball for army you know it's just like right. they play yeah, hardcore right, yeah. like wishbone t offense like we we don't throw
3: i don't know if no, they right. i don't know if they changed it on the thing but i just had a look at the futures thing that ket sent and uh, everyone's got a massive description and it just says wide receiver marcus calloway that's it <laughs> no big description for him
0: Weird one for him. I mean, that's a guy who who finished nearly 700 yards in 2021.
3: Mm. Um,
1: Yeah, he was on quite a few people's, including mine at one point, Draft. Yeah, Uh, you know, fantasy team. Yeah,
0: yeah, that's where I got known from. Yeah, it was a fantasy pick-up. And And then
1: Denzel Mims was one of my main... I love that guy. A lot of people did. There's still a lot of people thinking, thought at the time, he should have been a first-round wide receiver. I think he went in the second, didn't he? I mean, that guy's got all the pedigree in the world, just... Where is he from? Baylor, right? And just, didn't, didn't I, don't know. Know. Okay. I don't know why he's not been able to put it together because he plays the wide receiver like in a technical in a technical way. Yeah. But he plays that position. So it's strange he's not put it
3: together. Did the Browns
0: My- not trade for him from the Jets? Or did I make that look? can't remember
3: now. I'm not sure. I thought they might. That rings a bell. Can't remember. My preseason darling, Jalen uh, Elliott, is back on that list as well. So go on, Jalen. Make a push.
1: He didn't go to the Browns. He uh, went to the, oh, Lions. the Lions.
0: Yeah, for Lions, a seventh what? round pick. Okay. Seventh, so it was a trade. The seventh and sixth so round pick swap, yeah.
1: Right but wrong. Right, right but wrong, wrong team, yeah. Yeah. W- yeah. Who
0: did the... Who was I thinking of that the Browns got? Not important, not important.
1: Oh, uh, you're thinking of Elijah Wright. Elijah, no, Elijah No, Elijah Molden. Molden. Elijah-, <laughs> Elijah Moore. Elijah <laughs> Moore, thank you. Yes, I am thinking of <laughs> Elijah
0: Moore. We got there.
1: Yeah, okay. Got
0: there the um, you want to talk about the rest of the playoff slate? Anything, oh, anything else you want to talk about Steelers? You know, just cherry on top of the cake stuff or...
1: What they they signed Jaden Smith right as well?
0: Uh, as a part of this?
1: No they did, didn't they? They signed Jaden Smith What's, at some point. Did they?
0: I think I don't know. Yeah. Like, Which we
1: we're not going to see. did
0: you
1: know? Before the game it was, was before the game. I'm I'm not making this up I'm. I didn't dream this. I don't know. Jaden Smith. Um... Yeah, it's with the Steelers on the practice squad. Is he? Oh, wow! Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah.
0: Where did that come from?
1: Uh, like the front office about two weeks ago. <laughs>
0: <laughs> All right, maybe Gab should be on the news.
1: <laughs> yeah, but he's only, he's only I, I find that confusing. He's only twenty-eight. Did did the injury come back? It, it, and... Yeah, it
0: totally. Yeah, I think he had a lot of trouble with it the, the, in Dallas. Uh, no, in uh, in Philly.
1: Right, in Philly.
0: In, in Dallas, was I was like the first time. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> so he played He played up until 2021 on Dallas then he went to Green Bay at the end of 2021. That's the green through. team I'm thinking of. This is the what I do, team. I just connect colours. Then he went to the Giants for, and then he went to the Saints in 23 Raiders in 23 and then he's ended up in the Steelers in 23. So it's, I
0: didn't realise he bounced around so much at the end.
1: Yeah, he's moved around a lot so what's going on there? Must be an injury later. Yeah, he, did, was, Otherwise... he just
0: fell out, didn't he? At the time, really, at the end of the Dallas
1: yeah. time. What's interesting though is he beat he beat Tay Crider for the middle linebacker job in the Giants. Now Tay Crider was also on the Steelers practice squad, so maybe, maybe we need to stop like this rotation of people coming to the well, practice squad and just, actually just commit to playing them because they might end up being quite good.
0: This is just you know bottom of the roster churn. Every team does this: rotates churn. around names, gets guys in, sees what they've got, rotates them back out again.
1: Yeah, I suppose it's like taking out taking them for test drives, but it's like. What what is what is the point of this? Because he's now no, never going to play for the Steelers, is he?
3: Well, it's like why uh, why do you bring Brad Wing back up to the practice squad and then not, not put him in?
0: Like
3: <laughs> what what was that all about?
0: Why? Is there a guy on the front desk you think who is at the front office in the Steelers whose job it is just to like and the, if he doesn't have anything to do, he just has to go and sign free agents and then and then cut them again and just just give them something to do? Isn't
3: that, that isn't that thingy's dad? Um, is that wide receiver? Um, oh, what's his name? The Young wide receiver. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. His uh, dad works in the front office. Um, for for Dallas Vaughn Deuce, Vaughn, Deuce Vaughn. No, no, no. I took Steelers. Um, oh, oh right.
0: the guy on the preseason. Yeah, yeah. Oh, what's his? What's it? <laughs> oh, his, oh he's like oh Cody. Uh, Cody. Cody White. Cody White. White. Yes, yeah, that's it. Yeah, yeah.
1: yeah. What happened to Cody White? God Didn't he go did to he the
0: Texans at one point? Possibly. Did I make that up? God, we're really down a tangent now, aren't we? What happened to Cody White this year? <laughs> did he take his dad with him? Like, find oh. out next week. <laughs> oh, in the 2023 documentary. He's Cody... start... on he's on the, going... the Seahawks. Oh yeah. wow! How did he end up there? <laughs> you know what, this he was is...
1: released and then resigned.
0: Yeah. Um, I've got to give you a, a book recommendation. Actually, talking about this, um, the you ever read this guy from Nate Jackson's book, Slow Getting Up? No. Um. It it's interesting because he wrote it from the perspective of obviously like someone who was bouncing around like on the bubble of 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 a roster and, and of rosters, and like from the perspective of a player, like as that as these things happen, and you're kind of not sure if you're going to be on a team one day or the next day. And I thought it was quite fascinating. Um, mm. Slow getting up. All right. Good. Good. Good, good. Book book wreck about this very topic. Yeah. All right. You want to talk about the rest of the playoff games coming up? Before let's we uh, we roll out here, so let's have a look. We got the, on the AFC side, at Saturday 9.30pm, we got the Texans, number four seed, at the Ravens, number one seed.
3: Well, let, let's just say, you know, first and foremost, while uh, it was looking a bit ropey for us at the time, we bought the game back and it didn't look too bad. So it meant that we weren't as, as humiliated as both the Browns and the Cowboys were. <laughs> True. Which was, oh my God. It looks
0: like it was going to be as bad though. It did look, it, did look <laughs> it. And
3: I was thinking, oh, we're going to be eating crow here a little bit. Oh dear. But yeah, um, oh my God. That was just the most hilarious 24 uh, hour period of my life. I think. just yeah. to, to <laughs> that, that. that
1: Browns game, that was literally what Sam Monson on his Christmas list, his little letter to, to Father Christmas was please don't deliver this game. Right. <laughs> Which is what got delivered. Which was to literally everyone that hates Sam Watson was their Christmas present, which is, wait, your guy, you've been talking about making all these like nickel and dime plays that apparently like jacking up his pass rush win rate don't mean anything. And he's just completely sidelined and just useless. It was fun to watch, wasn't it? It was very,
3: it was very fun. And that's probably why he put uh, CJ Stroud twenty points below Jordan Love, despite having the same stats. Um...
0: Yeah, he, he's not, he's not had a blinder this week. So, <laughs> no, I, I, it, it wasn't his finest moment when he clapped back at JJ Watt and attempted to use the argument that he didn't know anything about football. He's done
3: it again tonight as well. He's not. He Who has is now? Well, with JJ again because JJ boy up on the McAfee show. So. Did he?
0: Did he? Yeah. What did he say? What's he? What's he responded? Uh, with? Oh, he's just talking about yeah.
3: Comparing the grades to coaching um, grades, and then yeah, mm-hmm. Sam's like, "Well, no, it's, it works like this." Blah 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 blah. So, mm-hmm. oh dear, it's funny how um, the
0: algorithm. Can I say something on PFF because I've been, I've been, this has been, you know, dwelling on my mind as it often does.
5: Those grades mean nothing to me. (laughs) You're
0: right, Rich. You're right. I I think what Sam Monson said is true in that the grades are a part of the overall picture, right? I think we've all agreed that. I think they provide a unique and interesting, a valuable service, right, that that we use weekly, right? We talk about the PFF grades, and and not just the grades, but a lot of the data that they collect and and use. And, And it's very interesting and very useful, and there's value to it. However... My problem with the PFF grades is that the NFL and PFF have been quite happy to let this happen. By the way, have began to use PFF grades uh, as fact, and PFF grades have become synonymous with fact. And people- quite
1: happy. That's what the PFF have been promoting this whole time. Right. They wanted. This.
0: Well, right. Exactly. But then, when you talk to them and actually ask them to explain things, PFF grades aren't fact, are they? They're, they're just a collection of data input by people with subjective thoughts on plays. Uh, but the NFL and PFF would have you believe that they are fact and that they are a fact-based statistic
1: like they come from outer space yes
0: like, exactly like, as if like, they're on, delivered they delivered on a meteor hands on some daily to Moses yeah. on a tablet <laughs> Yeah, like, yeah. from a They were dug bush. up on golden plates Underneath uh, yeah. underneath the American style. Existed on
1: scrolls Which I, I think stayed in a temple Sam
0: Munson yeah. found them at the end of the rainbow um, Was that offensive? I don't know He uh, <laughs>
1: <laughs> just made it It wasn't until we yeah. said
0: that <laughs> Sorry Mike, that was a dig at Mike but he wasn't really here um, So listen That's what upsets me I just think that they aren't they shouldn't be treated as this Like We shouldn't be having to have these arguments because we should be accepting that they aren't just gospel to begin with, you know? We shouldn't have to say, it's absolutely insane that Miles Garrett got this and TJ Watt got that, or CJ Stroud got this and John Love got that. Because that should be one part of the picture. We also watched a game with our eyes and we saw that one player had a better game than the other. And so we can assess using our own judgment and our own ability to watch the game that this player has had a better impact than that player. or This player's had a better game than this player. We don't need we don't need this overwhelming, pure heart rage desire to only view the number that says 72.4 at the end. It doesn't matter. It's a part of the picture, people.
4: Who
1: are you ranting at? Are you ranting at, Sam, me? or are you ranting at, at myself? people? Or you, you'll be ranting at <laughs>
0: yourself. yourself? Wow, okay. This is where my neuroses has gotten me. <laughs> uh, no, my rant, I guess, is at PFF. To stop pretending as if the, the, the grades are more than they are, I think is the problem. That, that's the key. The People just want you to admit that the grades aren't the be-all, end-all of everything. If you just admit, because what do people always say? Admit the grades are wrong. The grades aren't wrong. You're just, you're just, pre- you're just pretending that that's all that matters. <laughs> anyway, anyway, what was I don't about? know. I, I,
1: I go back and forth on this. I really value the PFS so grading. I. That's what I'm uh, saying I really me. like it. I think it's really useful. But then there's times like where it just doesn't add up to what you see. And I'm not even just talking about when you watch the game live. But you know, we're nerds. We go back through the game, and it the doesn't... only thing I can think it down of is that is that we're watching. We're only really watching back. I mean, for me personally, I don't have the time to watch every single player on every single snap. So I'm just kind of focusing about what happens. So if the ball is, if it's a run play to the, you know, off tackle, I kind of watch, I watch the running back, obviously, and I watch the line on that side and I watch the D line on that side and I watch the linebackers on the side. I'm not watching the cornerback on the far side on a run play, you know, that's basically just, you know, airmailing in a, uh, a sort of very half-hearted jam. And then, so I don't know if, if, if that's the question we should have asked Sam. Well, How much is, you know, the proximity to the actual play factored in?
0: I'll tell you, um, well, that's a good point. I don't think it is, no, at all. Um, but I'll tell you who I trust is the people that write the articles on Steelers Depot, for, for example, who, who I know have a very, very deep understanding and connection with, with the team. Uh, and, and they are often surprised by the PFF grades and they go back and chart the plays individually themselves. We we know this. Mm. Uh, and, and they are often, uh, you know, mouth at some of the grades that they get. So again, as I say, it's a valuable service. I, I like what they do. I think it's an innovative, innovative way to approach, you know, an existing product like the NFL and, and it's clearly worked for them, but let's just stop pretending that it's the only thing that matters. Should we just, Move on. Start a rival oh, one. Yeah. Okay, okay. Let's start a different one. But the difference is, we use no data at all. We don't even <laughs> yeah. re-watch the game. We just assign a grade based on the vibe of how we felt when watched it. Vibe it. scouting. It's the complete vibe, vibe grading. Vibe grading. We've already done vibe scouting and proven that it's worked with a yeah. track record. So now it's time for vibe grading.
1: So we we just produce our own results and publish them. <laughs>
0: <laughs>
1: the F the FVG football vibe grade.
0: If someone teaches me how to make a graph, I'll happily.
1: <laughs> we... Laura, Laura, where are you? We need you to just come make some graphs.
0: At the end of every game, yeah, we'll, we'll I'll quite happily make a little graph that just just plots the players where I kind of thought they played.
1: <laughs> so what you need to do is you need to think about five or six cans of lager, and then you kind of roughly watch the game, yeah. and then what you come out with at the end is a vibe, yeah. and then you put that vibe on a score of one to five. Well, you've just that, you've just described you how great. I
0: already do this. So he's <laughs> yeah, just got to
3: make money out of it.
0: <laughs> um, so Texans Ravens, which way are you leading, mate? <laughs> oh
3: yes, that game. Um, I mean CJ Stroud is just unreal, isn't he? Like, so good wasn't he in that game? Carolina have just got to be absolutely like it's it's looking worse than the Trubisky thing for the Bears now, isn't it? It's just yeah. I mean it's only one season. We we can't get ahead of ourselves too much. But what a, what a no, but they, season, didn't so. on, uh, they didn't only miss
1: out on they didn't only miss out on CJ
3: Stroud. They also missed out on Caleb Williams they have missed out twice. Oh yeah, exactly. No, Carolina have completely shot themselves <laughs> in the foot. But like, are it's... they the loll cows of the NFL this year? Tune they in next are. week to find out. There will they be are. for some time, I think. But um, <laughs> yeah, no. So, I mean, CJ's just had an unbelievable season, and I, I'm gonna be rooting for. I, I would have been rooting for him against anybody other than us. If it, you know, whoever it would have been at this point of this, but now it's up against the Ravens. Like a hundred percent, in Stroud to do it. Come on, CJ, let's let's go. But I I I don't think it'll be enough. I ultimately I do think the Ravens are going to going to win this, um, whether it's comfortably or not. I'm not entirely sure, but I just don't think there's enough. The Texans are building something very nice, and I think they could be a legit contender if they keep this up um, for some time. But I don't think they're quite there yet, and I do think uh, Baltimore is going to come away come away with a win on this one.
0: Okay, yeah. Anyone disagree with that? Anyone fancy the upset here? I've got to be honest. Uh, I, the, the two weeks rest kind of concerns me. For the, I mean, the Ravens have had so much rest to get healthy. It, it bit it them play.
3: before when they played the it Titans. Did. Yeah. It
0: did, but Mark Andrews is coming back. We'll see how that works. But, I, you know, i got to say, got a sneaky suspicion about the Texans this week. I feel like they could pull it off. And they get to the AFC Championship game. I mean, that's really exciting. Things are getting hot then.
1: Yeah, I, I, I can't separate my bias in this situation, from my uh, perception, it's one of those weird games where I actually like the Texans, I dislike the Ravens, yep. and I want the Texans to win so much I can't actually analyse it about who will win and who shouldn't win.
0: <laughs> I think, I, I think to be honest, I've just never bought the Ravens quite as much as everyone else, and I sit here, with, you know, with them being the number one seed, thirteen and four, you know, not having to have played for nearly three weeks, and maybe I'm wrong, but I just still believe that they're beatable. And I think the Texans can beat anyone.
1: I agree with you. I don't think we saw a, a team on its way for a Super Bowl in Tottenham. No, I didn't I didn't feel that. No. And I saw them. So I I think they can be beaten. And
3: Yeah, I I get that. And yeah, I I didn't see that team in in London either. But I did see that team when they played the 49ers. And I did yeah. see that team when they played the Dolphins. This team is capable of doing some really nasty things to to other teams. Um, and if they do that against Houston, then yeah, they're they're going to walk it.
0: Looking at the slate that's left uh, to anyone else, the 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 eight teams, I guess, that are left in this competition, doesn't it feel like the storybook ending kind of isn't really there for any of. Like, if you were to look back at the full stretch of the season and think, has this been a storybook season for this team? You know, this It's the 49ers. Team. It's the Niners, yeah, that's the yeah, only yeah. one. Yeah. The, uh, maybe you could argue the Lions, perhaps, as a bit of a dark horse in that conversation.
3: Have they already had their storybook ending? though? There's, right. That's the, yeah. Yeah, they've 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 had this just wonderful moment where they've finally won this playoff game. Um Only <laughs> my, my favorite stat of the thing: John F. Kennedy has now missed two Lions playoff wins, <laughs> which uh, <laughs> that is just the most ridiculous stat I've ever wow. said of ever my life. Wonderfully worded, Um but yep. uh, yeah, I, I mean, <sighs> yeah, it, it feels like they've they've had that now. Um, and I, I think they could easily go on and beat the Bucs. I, I think they will beat the Bucks, but then I do think it will end the following week against the 49ers. But he, yeah, maybe it is just the 49ers. I mean, Houston's story is great with with this rookie, and I mean, if if CJ Stroud goes on to make even more history, then that that's going to be wonderful. But yeah, no, you're, I, you're right. I don't think there are... I mean, Jordan Love's story is interesting, but...
1: The other story is Bills actually finally win the whole thing. The Super Bowl. If they get yeah. to the Super Bowl and win it. That's a lot of pain for four Super Bowls in a row. They lost. Yeah, Scott Norwood. You know every, the whole the whole thing. So uh, yeah, there was something there. I could see that's, that being that's it prob- as well. actually. That's probably it, isn't it? Is, that's probably the biggest. Story. That,
0: that's the one that if it happens, I'm like, okay, this is scripted because <laughs> the NFL clearly wants to make Josh Allen a thing. Um, and that feels a little bit too convenient that they all of a sudden just, you know, got good after five being...
3: percent playoff chance they had at one yeah, point. Yeah, exactly.
0: Yeah, I, I still don't buy it with the Bills. Where I can see them, you know, going on this run now, they've clearly got the offense to do it. But if they win the Super Bowl, it's going to be a bit like when the Patriots won the Super Bowl against the Rams that year, where I'm like, this team isn't that good.
3: And the thing is that everybody's going to be like, if they beat this Chiefs, it's like, oh, well, they beat the 2023 Chiefs, what? and nobody's been majorly impressed by the twenty twenty three Chiefs. Really. That's
0: it. I mean, can you remember a divisional round of the playoffs that's looked like I mean, similar to what we said about the, the, the MVP race all season where it's felt like nobody really should win it. I mean, doesn't that looking at this group, I mean, isn't that the same? Like which of these teams feels like those juggernaut teams that you used to see, like making the divisional round every year and it's like, you know, four games that are against absolute, you know, teams of destiny that you, you can't even picture your team competing with? I mean, every team on this list, I could see the Steelers beating on a good day.
1: 49ers, I think they struggle. They're, the yeah, they're the closest clearly thing. They struggle. But, but
0: the thing is, we've seen the Niners. Listen, I, I get what you said. The Steelers probably struggle with all these teams. But what I'm saying is, there's none of these teams that I think are world beaters, frankly. You know, great teams, mm. like really generationally great teams. I think. Well, you,
1: you've got to respect the Packers for what they did to the Cowboys.
0: Sure. Yeah. Great yeah. game. Great, you know, awesome game. Great performance. But again, is that a team that like, if, if they won the Super Bowl, would you be like, wow, you know? what a great team you know no because I still don't trust Jordan
1: Love but I think there's story. a lot of people that have changed changed their mind about Jordan Love after that game I think I, had, I have yeah
0: he's had a great yeah. season yeah I, I like what I've seen out of Jordan Love a lot of this season mm. I do think the Niners are the closest to what you're saying especially on offense I think they've been a very very impressive offense statistically um, but I've seen them just just lay up duds you know this season so who knows who knows I'm, maybe I'm just not super impressed I want the Lions to win it that's who I want to win with it I I, I think on on the best day, I think the Lions are the most impressive team to me, and maybe it's about how they win more than the overall quality. Like maybe the Niners are a better team, but mm. the Lions can just impose their will in such a such a fun way.
1: I I actually want the Bills to win it. I think
0: you do for, for yeah, the heartbreak of it all. For the fight, you know for the wide right,
1: yeah. yeah, just for the justice. Yeah,
0: it just doesn't it's feel like the season long. to me. It just does. Do you not want the season where it feels right?
1: Yeah, and that is the Niners, isn't it? Yeah. So. Niners Bills.
0: Yeah.
3: Be a bit tasty one. Happy,
0: yeah. I, I like Niners Texans. If we can get Niners Texans or Lions Texans, that would be
3: Lions Texas is with yeah, the most ridiculous one, unbelievable Super Bowl. It game. feels like a wild card game. It doesn't feel like the Super Bowl. <laughs> but those yeah, are but, the fun
0: teams that are yeah. left. Those are the teams I want to see keep playing. I'm sick of the Ravens. You know, I like the Niners, fair enough. But, Give me but something
1: you, new. Yeah. Yeah,
0: come, yeah, come on.
1: Not Baker and the Bucks. I mean, they look pretty. No, they, good. No, they can
0: stop now. They're not invited. As Dan Hanson said yeah. about the Steelers, they're not invited to the conference championship round. <laughs>
1: <laughs> they threw the Eagles out, and I love them for it. I mean, they made they, uh, what the the Eagles tackling made the Steelers look like they're you know defensive masterminds. I mean, what was that tackling? I
0: know, disgraceful. But, they, they, but they've come far enough, right? They've done the job. They can go home now. Uh, Baker, you've got yourself paid, I think. Hopefully, I think it's deserved. You know, mm. did a better job than Tom Brady did the year before.
1: I'm so glad. I'm so glad we haven't got the Chiefs Eagles rematch of two teams that just aren't what they were last yeah. year. It would have been so depressing. Yeah.
3: Well, I think yeah, it's just I mean. It would be depressing if the Chiefs go all the way into the Super Bowl. Like I can't see Chiefs in the Super Bowl again, especially this Chiefs. Please no. They don't deserve it. No, they, they don't. don't they don't.
0: No. So. All right, very quickly, I think that was a good conversation in general, but I'm going to go uh, Texans, I'm going to go... Screw it, I'm going to go Packers, I'm going to go Lions, Whoa. I'm going to go Bills.
1: Hmm, I'm going to go Texans, Bills, 49ers, Lions, Bucks is a toss-up, so I'll go Lions.
0: Lions, Bucks is a toss-up? Yes. The disrespect the- on the Lions right now from Gab is getting a little bit ridiculous. The
1: disrespect on the Bucks from you—they're—they're—they they've, they've, oh, The Bucks have tripped of- over
0: their own dicks into
1: this division <laughs> the Lions no, hit are form great at the right time.
0: Hit form. They beat the Panthers nine nothing two weeks ago. I'm sick of hearing about this form. What, <laughs> what is this form? Oh. In a must win okay. game, it wasn't like they were arresting people. They did. They did
1: what needed to be done. <laughs> it's like why use an Uzi when you can use a pistol. That's what they did.
0: Sound like Arthur Smith now.
1: Yeah. <laughs> I'm so glad that guy got fired. I don't I don't want to see that guy anymore. You know the people just annoy you.
0: Yeah, I get it. Yeah. He annoyed you because you had his players on your fancy teams. <laughs> I feel like that's why he annoyed me. Yeah. Um yeah. But
1: also his face.
0: Yeah, also his face, the mustache. So yeah. yeah, yeah. It was just all become... summed up in the thing that happened at the end of that game, I think, right? It was all
4: yeah.
0: um Kets, who are you feeling for the Super Bowl right now if you're looking at these eight teams? Uh, I'm going with the four
2: home teams this weekend: so Ravens, Niners, Lions, Bills. I would, and Joel- I think, yeah, I know. I think it will be the Niners. <laughs> I'd love it to be the Lions. Um, it'd be nice to see the Bills finally beat the Chiefs in a playoff round, albeit it's it's gotta point, be they have to this do it. year's Chiefs. Um, it'd be nice to see the Ravens lose eventually. So, yeah, let's let's hope the Bills get to the. Get to the big dance, but uh, yeah, I think the Niners overall probably edge over all the others in the, uh, in the remaining eight.
0: Mm-hmm. I just I think if the Ravens don't do it this week, one of those two f- number one seeds is going to stumble out the gates, and they're they going to get do. behind big early. Yep. Since these, wild, wild, the the yep. Yeah, since these wild card yeah. Since these
2: wild card rounds and the the one seed gets the the bye week, there's been so many instances where that one seed comes in and just lays an egg the next week.
0: Yep. Could see a big Van Ness sack on Purdy sealing this one up. <clears throat> Symbolic.
3: You want to talk chalk? Uh <laughs> I'm taking I'm not only taking all four home teams, I'm taking a Ravens 49ers Super Bowl. Oh, I'm a, I, am cho- I am chalky as they come. I just Why even play it. <laughs> oh, I know. I I'm just not very exciting at all. But um I do think it'd be 49ers Lions NFC Championship. Um uh. and
0: yeah, come on, Brock. Well, I, I am big on the Lions trade now. I think I'm jumping on it because I think they're fun. It's something to root for. Oh,
3: I it's probably run more run exciting through. than the
0: Steelers ever were. So I'd run me.
3: through a brick wall for Dan Campbell. The yeah, exactly. Yeah. Unbelievable. But um, yeah, I do think I just think the Forty Nine ers are a bit too strong.
0: I can't hide <laughs> this feeling.
3: What's the uh, the most exciting Super Bowl? Is it Lions Texans? Yes, yeah, Lions Texans. Hundred yeah. percent. I would be so up yeah. for that. It might not be yeah. exciting to the general casual watcher. No, to, not the coach. Yeah, but to us, yeah, please. Lions the, a-
0: the AFC side of the bracket is the problem because to me, three of the four teams don't interest me very much.
2: Uh,
0: what about
1: Lions-Ravens? Uh, uh, Lions, yeah. Lions, so we get real rooting interest. Yeah, ooh, um, That's well.
2: a cat-bird team game. Yeah. Ooh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'd be
3: worried about that because the Ravens absolutely demolished the Lions earlier in the season, so.
4: Hmm.
1: Hmm. Yep. Okay. Packers Ravens, would that
4: be of, no. The
3: Packers Jordan. won't beat the 49ers. I'm saying that right now. They never beat the 49ers. I don't care if it's a new era. And I you know, my opinion of Jordan Love has completely 180 um uh, since through this season. But no, I'm they will not beat the 49ers.
1: Mark unable to even entertain the idea. Are you suggesting
3: that,
0: like a... that you might lock it up? I'm locking up the 49ers. <laughs> <laughs> Give it that Put up your pants, my man. Hold up those pants. <laughs> <laughs> In that case, Gav, I have to respond to you and lock up the lions over the Buccaneers. It simply wow. will not occur. It cannot. I'm unable to comprehend the idea that it could. Bad
3: news. All right, well, we'll see about that. <laughs> so does that mean Ketz is locking up the Ravens? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Tried
1: I ain't them. locking Squat up, He's not person. locking nothing.
0: <laughs> he won't be coaxed into it. All right. Um, is that it? Is there anything else to talk about? I, I got some exterior thoughts, but anything interior to the world of football?
1: Um, No. I did have one thing, yeah. but I oh, think no. it's...
0: Oh, it's fallen by the wayside.
1: It's fallen by the wayside. It's, it's, it. gone. It's, gone. <laughs> it's
0: gone. Okay. Kets, are you satisfied? Are you happy?
2: Yeah. Just a, a dig at Tony Romo for being annoying on the broadcast. Oh. Yes. He's Very easy. good Shout.
0: Very good shout. Yeah, I must admit I've been a big proponent of Tony Romo. He's. Got... I'm. I'm tired of Romo. I got. Yeah, he's. He might have turned that corner for me ever so slightly. I got to be honest. But...
1: Oh, it was. It was last season for me. I didn't think because...
0: I'd ever see it. I. I don't know, Jim. I. I it's like no, that. See, that done. stuff always enamoured me towards him. I thought it was fun. I don't know, Jim. I don't mind that. But what he's getting a bit much with the Josh Allen, Patrick Mahomes.
1: Uh, he's, he's trying yeah. to now he's got into the, the he's fallen into the bad habit of announcers of trying to predict what's going to happen all the time. And he's like, <laughs> right, 50% of the time, it was which fun is for like a not, while, but yeah. not a valuable, No, no, no. The, the whole predicting when he started, he was doing like, well, the safety's doing this, so the quarterback should do that that's fine now he's he's like doing low level stuff like yes. you know is it's
0: going to be a run it's going to be a run Jim. Is, you
1: know is it is that a catch or a pass or you know whatever you know all the, the officiating everything he's trying to predict everything he he's, he's got into this habit of just trying to predict things and i don't need my announcer to do that I can predict things. I don't need another guy <laughs> doing something, getting things as equally as wrong as I am. Yeah. It's like, just just shut up. Just say what you actually know and not what you think. I mean, I don't know. It's starting to grate
0: on me.
3: Exactly. No, I think he's dragging Jim Nance down as well because I've always enjoyed Jim Nance. <laughs> but like, no, Romo's just doing my head in. Absolutely doing my head in. Ooh.
0: Do you know who's the number one announcer right now? It always cracks a smile when I see that he's he's on a game I'm going to watch. Greg Olsen. Yeah, he's pretty good. Shame he's going to get replaced. But uh... If they replace him with Tom Brady, for real, I don't know what's going on. Of course they're I going mean, to. <laughs> is, there a, is there a less um, charismatic block of white clay than Tom Brady? And you're going to remove Greg Olsen? Why? Just because he was good at throwing the ball? What's that I, I,
1: I am going to reserve judgment for Tom Brady when I've actually heard him announcing, which we haven't yet. So I I I am with you. I doubt it's going to be good. Yeah, but let, to go, let's, yeah. He is one of the greatest players that we've had. So let's just see what he can do, because maybe he can be as good
0: uh, announcer, as he was a player. So let's see. You know what's going to be great is is the Patrick Mahomes. You don't know what you're dealing with. When Patrick Mahomes retires and he goes in the booth and we start getting Kermit called games, that,
3: that'll be. <laughs> oh yeah, it was a great play, wow. Jim.
0: Uh...
1: <laughs> 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 is back? Back? Back when I was playing, I was uh, I had Kelsey and we were really good.
3: Wait, <laughs> yeah. Wait. Does that mean every time there's a touchdown, you just hear?
0: oh very good very good alright maybe we need to do an announcer rankings at some point in the off season I don't know Buck and Aikman number one yeah touch base on this yeah I've always been a bit I just don't love Aikman is the thing oh no I love Aikman I think Aikman grinds my gears a bit he's a bit he's a bit rough rough and ready for my taste I don't know I love Aikman there's but I do out. like his sass sometimes. So I There's a bitterness
3: don't... to him. Yeah exactly. yeah,
0: exactly. I do think he's a good announcer. I, th- I think he's fun. But I just don't think I like him. So it, it, like, I never think of him as the top, you know? Not my...
1: Who's the guy that sounds a bit like Bill Murray? I like that guy.
0: Bill Murray?
1: Yeah, I can't remember who he is. God, I remember. can't remember. Oh, There's one. Other.
0: The other thing was, someone on this game, was was this Iron Eagle's brother? Oh, Noah Eagle, yeah. That's, his, that's Iron Eagle's brother? Yes. Okay, so I'm sat there, right, and I'm, t- I'm obviously Chloe hasn't got a clue what I'm talking about, but I'm bemused. I'm like, have they tried to slip in a replacement Eagle, and <laughs> just thought none of us would notice because this guy was like the most copy and paste white guy imaginable? But he... I'm like, they've just put another white guy with glasses in with black hair, and they've just pretended it's the same guy. It's Greg Rosenthal. <laughs> wait, since when did I and Eagle have a brother that did games? That oh, I've never whoa, seen wait, wait, is he his brother? Uh... Or is it just another guy called Eagle who looks the same? I'm really confused about this. (laughs) No,
3: Noah Eagle is uh, Iron Eagle's son. What? (laughs) Mind blown. (laughs) Noah Noah Eagle is only 26 years old. Noah
0: Eagle, playoff Nepo baby. Who saw it coming? Yeah, because he did the the, NFL...
3: Yeah, he did the NFL Nickelodeon stuff, didn't he? Noah Eagle.
0: Ah, I see. So this is all a play to get the next generation of Eagle up to just... Bore me to death every Sunday. Excellent.
1: Well, fair enough. If he if he's come up through the Nickelodeon ranks, he's earned his stripes. You
0: know what? This is an example of Mark, and, and you'll appreciate this because I know that you watch Gladiator this weekend as well. Yes. Um the the reboot of Gladiators uh, on BBC for anyone who's not aware. Didn't watch it. Any good? So well, we will to that. I, I
3: I enjoyed it, but yeah, carry on.
0: Yeah. The um oh bloody! I forgot. my train of thought what was I just talking about with with Noah Eagle with Noah Eagle. Thank you. The, what this got me thinking about was um. No, I've lost it. Barney, Barney Walsh. <laughs> <laughs> Bradley <laughs> Walsh. Yes. Tra- no, he's got it. Bradley Walsh. Yes, Mark, you've got okay. it. Brad, uh, Mark, you've nailed it. I was complaining. I'm like, really? So I, th- so I see Bradley Walsh and everything. Right? Everyone insists that he hosts everything because everyone loves Bradley Walsh. And if by some you know, desperate margin, some hope that I might, you know, survive longer on this plane than, than than Bradley Walsh and he might perish before I, and I may have some, some great years left after he's gone. He's brought his, his fucking offspring to, with him to unnecessarily host Gladiators alongside him, a show that needs only one host. But Bradley Walsh's son is there for some reason, just so that he can host host the chase uh, through 2047 until I'm put into an early grave. I, I, why? Why?
3: Well well hang on first of all Bradley Walsh Bradley Walsh is a national treasure and I won't hear anything against that I don't even know who he is who is Bradley he? Walsh the chase
0: So if it. you oh. want a re- if you want a really unfunny joke every time someone else says something you go to Bradley Walsh
3: Bradley Bradley Walsh is a national treasure, and I'm just going to. I don't like his son. His son some could get some gone. Some clear dividing
1: lines here. I don't know who I believe. Yeah,
3: but um, you should watch his stand-up It's pure filth. But um, his is he really? uh, yeah. Oh, it is. Now, yeah.
0: Now that that might change my because the, my problem with Bradley Walsh is that he's just too like blasé. Like he's just the most. Well, because
3: like, he does mostly clean cut. Exactly right. Yeah.
0: Yeah, but but that's interesting. If his comedy is like a bit darker, then
3: yeah. Well, yeah. No, he's just yeah. He's just pure filth. But um, yeah. No, I don't like his son. You can sack his son off. But original (laughs) gladiators did have. I said sack his son off. Um, (laughs) Original gladiators did have two hosts, so it's a show that lends itself to having. Mm. Two hosts. But, oh, yes, fashion. Yeah. Oh, Rika. Right. Yeah. In the
0: old show, they used to go to different places, right? So they'd be hosted to be like, right, now we're going to do the whatever, the thingy-majig, over to such a Mababa who's going to talk to the contestants and then they'd be there. But now they just stand next to each other, just saying one line and then saying the next line. Oh, I hate that. That scripted one line yeah. and then it <laughs> up for the next person. But his son, for Christ's sake, who's, who's about as charismatic as a wet paper blanket. Is there anything
1: in the human race... Worse than an award ceremony presented by an actor and an actress redoing that thing where they each do one line. <laughs> like if you presented that to the alien race, yeah. yeah terminate, terminate the lot. You have slightly. to do that
0: because if you just put one male actor up there, like John Travolta, you end up with the whole the wickedly talented, <laughs> yeah. wickedly
1: talented,
0: yeah. <laughs> what
1: did he call the woman that was
0: brilliant <laughs> the wickedly talented <laughs> <laughs> oh i if you, for some reason you've not seen that or you're not listening to around the nfl <laughs> go look up uh, the john travolta award ceremony speech <laughs> oh man um okay anything else uh no no, no football stuff right
1: we're on to like sevens and yeah, fantasy. Oh, oh yes, yeah.
0: Yeah, I did want to bring sevens up, Mark. Uh, I do believe that I've broken some kind of record this week.
3: Um, yeah, I mean, I, I'm I'm amazed you want to talk about it. To be honest, so let's talk about the top of the table first um, right. because
0: history's been made. But if you'd rather start at the bottom, fair enough.
3: What at the top? <laughs> I'm starting out here. Sorry. Um, so yeah, I mean, Steve has uh, has broken out into a three point lead here. Um, Laurie has fallen right off. What's oh, um, happened? That's because po- i had back to last week. Four points. Uh, as you had, uh,
1: mind um, gained You mind game. Her it got in her
3: own head. <laughs> Sadly, um, and I mean, four points sounds bad, but then uh, you have yeah, but... you have got um, two other players. I mean, Chris and uh, Ian with only two points this week. Uh, Eddie Best is uh, David with two points. Garbage. Yeah. Terrible. Can it get any worse than that? Surely not. Well, I mean, obviously, there's Garrison who didn't uh, put in his uh, put in again, so I think Garrison's gone by the wayside there. But how did somebody tie relegation? How did somebody tie with Garrison for zero points if everybody else uh, got involved? Oh, that's right. Let's look at Simon Win Stanley's predictions for this week. We've got a total of zero points for the week.
0: Uh, let, shall we shall we just have a quick... Yeah, read these out. Yeah, let, let, let people know what I thought.
3: So uh, What, every losing team, I guess? <laughs> saying, I well, think. yeah, actually, when you say it like that. Yes, actually, yeah. So, Eagles uh, beating the Buccaneers? Nope, didn't happen. Well, they'd uh, have
0: enough to overcome that, you know, paltry effort, but nope. Uh, Browns
3: defeating the Texans? No, that didn't happen. No, I always
0: pick the team I want to lose in those games.
3: Uh, Dolphins beating the Chiefs? What were you thinking? I just
0: thought the Chiefs... Oh. But then the weather, it was a whole thing.
3: It was. Uh, Cowboys beating the Packers by nine? Not. even even close
0: who saw that coming
3: uh rams defeating the lions by three which yeah obviously you got the wrong side but three wasn't complete i mean it was only by one in the end wasn't it should have got a point maybe you'd argue uh your exact score Mm -hmm. Steelers 33 bills 30 (laughs) which is annoying because the bills actually ended up on 31 so you would have actually got five points if uh, they'd have got one less point so why are we on the subject of missteps sorry yes did you tweet out
1: something about Keir Oh, Eland? God,
0: yeah. So, literally. Mm-hmm. I it was spelt amazing. like Keir Starmer. It was amazing. I tweeted out, Keir Elam fucking sucks, man. 30 <laughs> seconds before he got the pick in the end zone. So, <laughs> let me get this right.
1: He he draws a DPI. <laughs> yeah. You tweet.
0: Keir Elam fucking sucks, man.
3: <laughs> and then he picks off Mitch and he wins the game, yeah, pretty
1: much. yeah.
4: yeah.
3: Wow. I was guilty of that to be fair in the group chat. I was like, thanks, thanks, Keir. Thanks, uh, thanks Elam for that. And oh. then immediately you picked off and uh yeah.
1: Did I not tell you last week these players that we talk about rise up against our team? For some reason, whatever <laughs> it did. is. Dorian yeah. Williams had the game of his life, tackling all over the place. Keir Elam, who, who can't defend anything, suddenly gets a end zone pick. So maybe maybe just like wait a couple of plays next time before you start sending out the like victory celebration tweets in the playoffs. Just a word of advice.
0: <laughs> oh man, yeah, that was not my finest moment. As soon as I heard <laughs> as soon as I heard Elam's name on that pick, I was just no. <laughs> what did I do? It's like it was so close to when I tweeted it. I was like, God, it's almost close enough if I could delete it. But then I was like, I can't no, I can't do that. You, you-
1: and the fact you spelt it like Keir Starmer as well and not his name. I
0: don't know how you spell his name.
1: Not like the way you spell it.
0: <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, ever since week 17, mm. it feels like the magic that I had earlier in the year is just completely gone. I mean, I was winning this silly game. I was winning every <laughs> fantasy league, you know, and then... It's... Yeah, you're a, you're a
1: summer fantasy guy, I got,
0: I, I, got zero... <laughs> I got zero points in this. I just fell off every fantasy league <laughs> disaster. Uh, I don't know what's going on. I can't, I can't figure any of it out anymore.
2: Mark, do you wish to defend the silly game comment at this point? <laughs> I didn't even hear that. When did that oh, come yeah, out? No, yeah,
3: I mean, I'm, you're, you're 30. <laughs> right. I, I, I think it would be uh, remiss of me um, to miss out the fact that Mike has now overtaken you. I think that's oh, what Mike's no. been, waiting. Oh, Mike's been waiting for that. Mike's probably been waiting for me to say that all episode. Now, now, does uh, this
0: not suggest a waiting issue? You know, I was so dominant in the early game here. And it feels that maybe there's you know some added points to be gained here at the end. I don't know. Uh,
1: Zeros, there's no coming back from zero. (laughs) I don't know I can argue.
3: (laughs) Yeah, there's added points to be to be had, and you ended up with zero.
0: Listen, did I pick the wrong team to win every game in the first round of the playoffs? Perhaps, but was my heart in the right place? Zero, even though most of those teams got blown out. (laughs) Yes. Did I? What? I think
1: maybe you were riding a little bit too much on your vibes. Going let the vibes week, get out yeah. of control a little bit, maybe. Yeah, yeah. The, vibes, the vibes took over.
0: Yeah, yeah,
3: yeah couple, be careful. There are a couple of shocks. Like nobody really, that is bollocks. Nobody really uh, stood out. At, uh, I mean, Ben had sixteen this week, but um, you know, other than that, like it's not not the best week for everybody. Just I had a pretty strong week, didn't I? Didn't uh, I week. You, yeah, you got fourteen. That was a good week. Yeah, you had a decent week. Yeah. You've you've crawled up the table a little bit, Gav. To be fair, I have, with an, my
1: fingernails, yeah, you're in
3: eighth. So yeah, yeah, not too bad. No, no one
1: from the podcast really showering themselves um, in uh, glory in this silly game. Are they?
3: Um, I mean, I'm second, but okay. Yeah, <laughs> yeah but It's your game. I mean, you made the rules. so. Well, it doesn't mean I should be any good at it.
0: Yeah, <laughs> You you've read them and understand them, though, uh, which is not something I can say for all of us.
3: Waiting for yeah. it? Uh, oh, I thought the sound drop was going to come there. But... It was
1: coming, and then I decided not. I thought the quote was fine enough. But we can
3: have it if you want. Fair
2: Hang on, where is it now? <laughs>
0: Talk oh no! <laughs> <laughs> right, well if we're done with all the football like, I do have one thing I want to mention. Um, will you stop talking? <laughs> I know, I know, I'm giggling. Uh is is kebabs, funnily enough. Um mm. albeit but maybe you know, maybe not an official kebab corner, but a little you know, maybe it's an odd little very nice. Very nice. Now, looking for some food uh, two days ago, two nights ago, uh, um, during, the game. Know, during the game. I
1: know where you're going. Yeah, yeah, during the
0: game. You've seen the picture. Yeah, yeah. Mm. And I order a... Now, I have had this once before, but I'll get into it. A German doner Kebab house. Uh, GDK. takeaway. GDK. So this is a thing in London, right? This is a commonly...
1: No, it's been around for a long time. Yeah. Yeah. Very expensive. Very expensive. But Very expensive.
0: well packaged. Blow my mind here already. Okay, so start with number one. I'm surprised you know it, because this feels a little bit more doner kebab to me than I thought the Southerners would even go near. Uh, uh, you know, no,
1: it's, ve- it's very, um, it, it, it's a brand that's come in and tried to
3: take over the, the kebab market, tried to
0: clean it up a little bit. Yeah, I can see that. And I can see that working mm. very well down south.
3: You know, I mean, you know that I've only had limited kebabs. The limited kebabs I've had are from German <clears throat> Donna kebab. They've all right. been from. interesting.
0: There. Yeah. So the first thing I wanted to know before we even get to the meat is the bread. Everyone knows, very important. I think they've nailed this. I really think they've done an incredible job of providing something that is kind of the middle ground between the pro- like the, the problems that Pitta had, it's removed, but it's mm. not the... Fu- because obviously the nan would be maybe a little bit... Um,
1: too stodgy, too thick.
0: <clears throat> well, it just wouldn't be a reasonable thing to put in the package that they're so trying to create, right? Are
1: you coming around to the idea that the wrap is the answer?
0: Um, well, the problem is the wrap that it's just not a kebab anymore. So it's irrelevant. No, but, but
1: you can do the wrap in different ways and the way that the uh, GDK do it is kind of wrapish, isn't it? Not a naan, and well, it's not a pitta. I it
0: was a. I don't even know what to describe it as, but kind of like a ridged hard bread, like a salty hard bread on the outside. So it's it's kind of like pitta shape, but a bit bigger, um, harder, so it doesn't have the pitta problem of it falling apart.
1: Yeah, it doesn't doesn't fall through. Yeah. You, you, your bottom doesn't fall. And out. it's
0: also satisfying to bite into because it's got a bit of hard crunch to it, but it's not so much that it's like you know it's too much. It's quite nice, soft still. Uh, it's more like it's a roti. Got it's got taste.
1: It's more it. like a roti, I'd say. Which is which is the superior bread. If you go for a curry, have a roti over a naan, you won't be disappointed.
0: And the thing is as well, you can pick it up. You can hold it very effectively. It it, it acts as a little, you know, hand grab thing to hold on the bottom like a pasty. So I, I really think they've nailed the middle ground here for the for the masses. You know, I still think naan is a great option for your takeaway kebab, but I really think for the masses. The problem is naan's too localized to York. Yeah, exactly. No one no one, no no one York, has naan to outside of York. reasonable places. Uh uh, the north has it gab that sounds like York. a southern thing i don't know what that is you know a lot of the north has it uh, it's Yacht that doesn't have it actually is the problem
1: oh really oh sorry so it's a, it's a uh, bolton
0: thing Yeah, yeah it's a bolton thing um, okay. but yeah I, I think they've nailed that so so a plus for the bread uh, then you get to the meat right so i had a mixed kebab which isn't like me normally i'm just a plain lamb doner guy but i went with mixed with chicken this time just to just to try it out thought so i will go with something a bit different again excellent very well done uh, well packaged very thick. I added extra meat on this one, so it was quite hefty. Because I was a little bit worried, you know, with the chain place, you like, you think, mm, are they going to really give you the sufficient amount? No, they do. They do. Yeah, they really do. Because even with the extra meat, I thought this this is insanely big. I mean, this is a lot of meat. But it's still, it's still
1: overpriced, don't you think? So
0: I paid. Ever- so this is where they get to the money. So I added a lot of extras to it. I got a Red Bull that cost fifty p extra. I got extra cheese sauce. I got extra meat, I think, or something, whatever. But it came to about twenty quid. It was mm. this big boss box meal that was tied in with um, the Wolf of Wall Street for some reason. Don't ask why, no idea. But but the, the box was entirely marketed with the Wolf of Wall Street.
1: Did, did you did you select that or no? Nope. That's, just, that's
0: what, just I guess what the promotion is right now paid. on that box, which you know normally I guess is just a regular black box. So that comes, you can scan it. There's some some nonsense going on there. That's fun, but you know as a value proposition, I thought base level fifteen to twenty quid here for the you get the big kebab you get the drink i got two spring rolls and the bigger than you know the like big meaty things i thought they were pretty good you get fries with it i got cheese fries i got to be honest Gav, didn't think it was bad at all way, way better value it's proposition not than like a five guys or like something like that which is what i'd compare it to in terms of um a bit better than fast food right but not quite a restaurant mm. um so that's kind of the market it's in and i think it's a way better value proposition and they've nailed the food. i
1: don't know if that, i think value is you're you're clinging at the value thing. I don't think it's good value.
0: Uh, well, it depends what you mean by good value. Obviously, you're going to get better value at a takeaway. A yeah, I think thing.
1: it's good. It's good flavour and it's good quality food, but it's expensive.
0: I don't think it's expensive compared to te- twenty
1: quid for a doner kebab is expensive.
0: Uh, but it's not just a doner. You're making it sound like I'm just picking up a doner kebab and it costs twenty quid. I mean, you get a doner kebab in York, you know, on its own, it's probably costing you upwards of nine quid.
1: I'd say it's seven, isn't it? Five, 7
2: Let me just give you a Bolton market. Bolton uh, market's contact. a bit different, though. Because, uh, top of £3.50 there. Well, interestingly, so two large doner kebabs on naan with salad and sauce, two regular chips, two cans of Pepsi, £9.99. Ah, my... Yeah, that's Bolton. So two
1: people are eating was... two hearty meals <laughs> for half the price of your one thing with your fancy box and dry no, ice that no. happens when you open. I
0: promise you right now, in York, that meal that gets just described costs 25 quid. Yes. Two large doner you... kebabs on naan? With pre- I'm telling you, from from
1: as a, as a London regular kebab eater, I I, I, I like GDK, but it is expensive.
0: Mm, fair enough. Compared, I, I got compared to, say, to other I, options, and you got to remember as well, I, I was ordering it on Uber Eats, which maybe comes into play because mm. mm. I think you know a lot of places are adding fees on when you're doing that anyway. But I, yeah, I really so didn't. Like I... Fee delivery fee service fee. The fee, fee. Yeah, the fee, fee. I, I think fee, maybe fee. what it is, Gav, is that in York, there's not a lot of cheap options, like, at all. So maybe it just doesn't right. seem that expensive compared to what I would get otherwise. Because unless I'm going to, like, the very, very worst takeaways, of which there's a few, and, you know, I don't mind that. But, you know, they're getting a bit cheaper then. Everything in York is that expensive, at least.
1: Right, so if that was me, then I'd be eating this takeaway. Mm. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> But don't you feel like it's overpackaged? That's the other thing. Perhaps, if something turns yeah. up, it looks like you're buying a, as like a designer set of sunglasses. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Get in it's the like, mailbox, I,
0: yeah. I, I, don't, I don't need that. Part, that feels like a little bit of part of what they're doing, though, right? That's the vibe. That, you know, it's not a greasy kebab you're picking up. Yeah, but you're paying food. for that. You're paying what for it. But you pay for that in every walk of life, right? Yeah,
1: so I'm saying I don't want well, it. I'd enough. rather pay less and have the same quality food, but just turn yeah. up in a I want paper interest, bag.
0: I'm not advocating that GBK becomes kebabs, you know? I'm just saying that I think they're doing a pretty decent job for for the market. They, they are
1: doing a decent job. They're bringing quality kebabs to the to the upper classes. Yes. And again, can't I don't know them.
0: if it's an upper class. You're making it sound like a little bit ostentatious. I think it's like decently priced. I don't think I think anyone could afford a. A GBK. <laughs> I don't know, man.
1: I mean, I think if you if you're if you've grown up in a small market town with a kebab shop that's shocking that's sure. out, you know, meat and chips for three pound yeah, fifty, you're, you're going to rail at twenty I quid understand. for a kebab. We're living in different worlds. You know We're
0: living in different market categories. You know, I, I'm talking about if you're looking for your takeaway, you're looking to spend maybe fifteen to twenty quid per person. I think this is a good option. It is a good option. I I I
1: I think they could be ten percent bigger for the amount of money you're paying. I don't need it could be
0: just... I I had to put it in the fridge and reheated it today. Oh, I've it I've good.
1: always like because it's tasty, it's good quality. <laughs> I've always down the whole thing in one go and been. I couldn't. Like, you know, well, I was
0: that... so full. I hadn't even eaten half of the kebab. I was quite uh, quite rammed. Up. Although I've been having some small summit feelings lately. I went for a meal with uh, Chloe's parents the other week for a birthday. Uh, got through some cheese sticks as a starter. Could barely even touch the main. I don't know what was wrong with me. I haven't eaten all day. Is this
1: post stones? It is. Is it? Is there? Is there some medication you're on no, that's no, changing you? No. No. Just eating habits. Possibly. You've you shrunk your stomach. Possibly. Possibly.
0: Although it doesn't mean that I don't eat shit though. It just means that I don't I don't seem to have the same like capacity for meals that I used to. Mm. So mm. that's something to look out for. I did have a scan the other day though for updates for anyone who's interested. No kittens. We are interested. currently within
1: no stones. Stuff. The stones are not returning not, in uh, twenty four. No.
0: Not as of yet. No. So that was a positive because I've been having some, but, some issues I was like wanting to check out, not stone related at least. So that's good. Good news.
1: Okay. Sci fans are worried about other issues, but we'll leave that The related
0: issues to the stone situation, but but more just after effects, I think, of probably the operation rather than my and right, pictures, okay. the return of the stone.
1: That's good. No one, no one wants to use the stone's return because yeah. that was a Stressful dark period <laughs> in Winstanley Towers. <laughs> it wasn't a good time. I've got my own I've got my own issues coming up soon right but yeah, I've talked about yeah
0: that. yeah yeah we, uh, we wish you well wish in I that see. of course Thanks. And, and keep
1: us updated mm. no one, no one wants people surgeons rattling around inside your head which is what I'm having
0: yeah that yeah well, I don't want to get onto it because I think if I was to it's talk about terrible. that it would scare because <laughs> I would only it would scare me well in the sense that I would only have anxiety to talk about in relation to- no, no. Yeah. I, I,
1: part, part of the counselling I've had is that I should talk about it and not catastrophize it. So I guess that means we should talk about well, it.
0: Yeah, maybe. Too. Go ahead. Ooh. So tell me,
3: <laughs> and then don't catastrophize.
0: <laughs> Shit. <laughs> um, um. Some people
3: have played ass trumpet. So- <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm a bit
1: worried about people playing ass trumpet inside my face. If I if I wake up and, and they played ass trumpet, I will be worried. Yeah.
0: Well. It- if you wake up, and do and, you know if you do that thing um, where you wake up and you're still in the operation, but you've, you've woken up and you need to tell the doctors?
1: I'm not doing that one.
0: I, I, I would strongly implore you to say this and only this. Hard to move on from a fingering in crew. <laughs>
1: <laughs> that is true, but I'd be worried that if I woke up halfway through the operation, I wouldn't be able to talk because there'll be people inside my head and not from some kind of psychedelic experience. I mean, literally, they're going to be cutting me yeah. open and... Digging around inside there—that gonna... would be awful. I really don't want to wake no. up. I want to wake up having had, having had like that's Yeah, that's As, the ideal. Has, has he situation. been, has he been, yeah, you
0: know, he's been, he's been, been inside been. the head.
1: he he's done. Yeah, done. <laughs> well,
0: that's—I mean, that's the way you should look at any operation, really, right? Is—is is you're going to go to sleep, and it's going to be done when you come out. You know, that's—that's
1: that's what you want, yeah, right?
0: That's—that's that's it. That's, that's the long and short of it. So hmm. that's all you can think, I think.
1: Then you know, obviously, I'm getting a bit of—I uh, don't—I can't remember if I've talked about this on the show or not. Probably. Um I'm getting a bit of dead guy's cartilage inserted into my head.
0: Oh really? That's kind of weird. Yeah, that is it? a bit weird. Yeah. But then mm. I suppose is it weird? Because I mean people get things like that done all the time, right?
1: Well yeah. Blood, but not
0: you know, um yeah. organs.
1: So I'm basically gonna be smelling through another guy's bit of rib tissue.
0: Yeah, when you say it like that, it, it, it turns it's into a bit of like weird, a ship of theseus situation where I'm like, No, they did they did tell
1: me go. that it's gonna be uh it's gonna be nuked. With radiation, so it's, it's technically dead. So I don't have to take immunosuppressants or anything. It's going to be a dead bit of cartilage that they're putting into mm. uh, the back of my septum. But it's still kind of weird. So, how,
0: like, how many things in the human body can you replace with someone else's before you are no longer you?
1: No longer you. Yeah. I guess
0: that doesn't work with humans because we are just the brains, right? And then the rest of us is just like stuff.
1: Well, you're getting into a, like the theology, theology podcast. podcast. What is the soul? <laughs> what is the
0: soul? Who am I? Yeah, I've been struggling yeah. with these concepts of late. Like,
2: doesn't your whole mm. body like technically change every cell like every few months? Oh yeah, that's
0: that's a disconcerting idea. Well, know. you're
1: getting into you're getting into is it Aristotle or is it Plato? I think therefore I am. No man steps in the same river twice because if you do, it's a, the river is different and the man is different. Mm.
2: Mm.
0: ain't that the truth? And so it is for NFL seasons as we turn the page on this one.
2: We need new men and new rivers and a rejuvenated squad.
1: Yeah. And a re- and a new septum, and a an nose <laughs> with a dead guy's rib.
0: <laughs> a new septum for Dajee Harris. A new septum. Forget.
4: Yeah.
0: All right. Well, is that it? Anything else to chat about? No. Don't know.
1: Any, any, anything else you want to add? See any good films? I don't know. Ooh, a quick wrap up
0: off the top of my head. Did I mention May December last time we spoke? I think I probably did. No. That feels like over a week ago. Check that on Netflix if you like um, excellently written films. May December. That's going to be an Oscar bait. Wow. film uh, what I, watched recently, I watched that night swim this week uh, at the cinema about the haunted swimming pool. That's, a, that's about as good as you'd expect it to be.
1: <laughs> okay.
0: Um, oh, I saw the. Haven't,
1: haven't we had a horror film about a swimming pool? We did. We did? Yeah. Well, now there's was a little about bit. A, an, uh, uh, a swimming pool in a, a US high school that housed some kind of alien. What was that? That was like early 2000s? No? Not ringing any bells? All right, I'll come back to you with
0: that. <laughs> No, I'm not. It's not coming to me. Um, that was a good,
1: surprisingly good film. When you, when you hear the the plot, it sounds awful, but actually, it wasn't bad. I need to find what else I to
0: I see? I saw Priscilla, the film about Elvis's wife. I wasn't a big fan of that, really. Um, Excited for
1: the Elvis uh, Avatar thing?
0: Elvis Avatar thing?
1: Yeah, the, I, I Elvis is going on tour. Oh, like,
0: the, you know, like, oh, I thought you
1: know.
3: meant they were remaking Avatar with Elvis. Yeah. No, <laughs> no, not that.
0: <laughs> yeah. Fair enough. I don't know. I, I can't. I don't know if I can get on board with all this um, digital recreations of people going on to whole thing.
1: I, I don't know. Get on board. It's happening.
0: Why? Well, I, don't, I don't know. I, mean, I, I could just watch a video. Like, is it? Is it different? No. I don't know. No, because it is the person. But not though.
3: Yeah, but it is. It Isn't part, is part of them... going
0: to a gig knowing inherently that the person is actually there?
3: It's not the reanimated corpse of Elvis Presley. I. I... No, but it is. It's Elvis. It is Elvis, like it's him it's doing the his thing. Experience
0: of Elvis, but it's not Elvis.
3: You know, in the back of your mind, it's not Elvis. It's not Elvis. Yeah, but we're never going to get to see Elvis. I'd quite like to see. Well, him. I'm, I'm quite I'm
1: I'm not, I, You know, I'm not. I'm not an ABBA fan. I don't give two shits about. But ABBA. They're not dead. I, I know, but who cares? Like they're, they're not. They're not attractive either anymore. So that's the point of that. But <laughs> they were never attracted. To- well, I, mean, I do yeah. want to see. I do want to see Elvis.
0: Like that would be cool. Well, I've so... got the options there for you, but I, I don't know. For me, I don't know that it does anything. Could you not have just gone to an Elvis impersonator? What's the difference?
1: Because it's actually Elvis.
0: <laughs> <laughs> we, just, we just understood that it isn't actually Elvis.
1: The Faculty, 1996. 1998, Sorry, have you not seen that? I haven't. Okay.
0: Is that one the of his films?
1: No, that's the film I was talking about with the swimming pool. Oh,
0: God <laughs> the you dive backwards! <laughs> Sorry, I was, I
1: was, while I was talking about Elvis, I was googling. Yeah, the faculty surprisingly good horror film where uh, yeah, alien queen living in in a school high school uh, swimming pool. Oh, Robert,
0: right. right.
1: So, what's your issue here? So, the issue here is that it's not the actual person performing. But we're, we're entering now into uh, we're now post post truth, right, and post culture.
0: God, We are. I think I'm post wanting to hear this. <laughs>
1: <laughs> okay, so you're post caring, but you can't. You can't what ignore it. What do you it.
0: mean, post truth and post? What does that mean? I mean, we just post everything now. If you listen to the people on the internet, no,
1: we're we're post truth. <laughs> there's no there's no such <laughs> thing we ever as have truth. The anymore, truth? Is I don't it? know.
4: If, if
1: if anyone tells you they're telling the truth, they're lying. I think we might right? be. That, true that's what. That's that's where we've got to. No, no, there is no truth. We used to have a truth, right? Which a truth which was like consensus and truth used to be the same thing. Now consensus is completely the opposite of the truth. Mm, yeah, true. Um, and, and exactly true. So it's a lie. Oh fuck! Um,
0: <laughs> so Elvis isn't dead. No, scouting for girls once said, "Oh God, right.
3: please don't break scouting. So <laughs> Elvis is
0: reanimated. Elvis isn't dead.
1: <laughs> but we, we, what we've reached, like, okay you need to avoid avoid the concept of that my generation as it was when I was a kid was best. So I'm not saying that people always jump to that conclusion when you say this, I'm not saying that what I'm saying is we've hit a point in technology where culturally we're going to look back to the past more than to the future,
4: mm.
1: because that's where the money is. The money is, is in making Indiana Jones young yeah. in bringing back Luke Skywalker and, Lots of other things, making Abba young, bringing back Elvis. We're going to be watching films with Orson Welles, James Dean and Marilyn Monroe, you know, when we're in our 90s, right? Because we we need less new stuff and we just have this nostalgia for the past. So we're post-culture. We, we've peaked culturally as a race. is probably why we need like some kind of alien invasion or some kind of nuclear war to wipe people out. We're kind
3: of done. We're screwed. Nostalgia, just... nostalgia is the strongest drug in the world. Yeah. But, it's but the is, most is that
0: not true, Is that not true with every, you know, generation though? Is that not just No, because
1: now we have the technology to do it. Right,
0: but okay, fine. But Zoomers aren't going to be nostalgic for Marilyn Monroe and James Dean.
1: Why? why why is my daughter why is she watched through Friends twice now?
0: Friends is a very specific thing that Why has there been, been a film
1: was... I wanted to bring this up to Mike about leave the world behind, but like time's running out on yeah. that. <laughs> but what why have we made a film about the destruction of the human race and it looking back to a time just before the internet. It's prescient, right? It's like, we've, 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 we've digitized humanity. We're now, you know, if, if, if we were wiped out, what would be left? A load of stuff from the nineties, mini discs, <laughs> right? We're, we're now, we're into the, the phase of, of humanity that is going to be forgotten in the case of a cataclysm. You know, so we look back at the past, we look back at ancient civilizations, and we, we're looking at stone tablets. I mean, that's not the height of any civilization, is it? You know, we, we, we're not carving our greatest. You know, Elon Musk isn't out there carving a stone tablet, and 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 we. That's why we're we're post culture. That's what I'm saying. We, we're into like this new digital area where era where things aren't forever. They're temporary,
0: mm. and people want those experiences. That's what people are going out looking for, right? Is temporary, and you know but this is what i'm kind of saying to you though i think you just i just think you don't know what the culture is going to be is my issue i don't think like and how this all relates to an elvis Presley that doesn't exist by the way i I am. well because the
1: culture culturally we're starting to look to the past rather than look to the future right because we've got the idea that there's no new ideas right we've all heard that there's only seven stories and everything is a regurgitation or a remix of those seven stories we've heard that i think that belittles
0: what Art is, and I think that belittles like the the concept of making new art. I mean, there's constantly new new art that I think is is. So,
1: fantastic. what who's pushing the boundary in art? It's people working with AI. well,
0: that, well no, I, which well, is I
1: regurgitating don't, don't, other people's stuff. If you're not working true. with AI in in most of the cultural arts, you're you're kind of behind the ball, I think. Well,
0: I mean, maybe it depends what you mean by using AI. I mean, in what sense? Just using it to help you with your what you're already doing, or are you talking about using just
1: incorporating AI. your workflow? Right.
0: Okay. Well, I'm behind the times for sure, but. <laughs> <laughs> um, but that, that's not to say that there's not great artists out there make. I mean, obviously, my interest lie in you know films and game and music. Well, more of those two things. So, but I see great art being made there every year, all the time. Um, and I think the biggest issue we face in those industries is the, the the things like AI and things like. And to be honest, is late stage capitalism, which doesn't work with the generation of new media. Um, I think people want more for less, and we see this over and over again.
1: Yeah, it's a, it's a race to to, to the bottom. To freemium. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah
0: exactly. we saw it with mobile gaming. Uh, we see it with video content now. You know, because the arts the
1: aren't valued exactly. monetarily. Yeah. and that's that's been that's been, that's been forever. Yeah. Like no artist has ever been well you know, off. Nobody
0: wants to pay for the things they enjoy. That's why I'm, you know, very. That's why elite. we love our Patreon. Yeah, of course. Oh, yeah. Paying, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. They listen to, <laughs> to this. us. To yeah. Do uh, and that's why i've always been very willing to go out of my way to try you know because it's hard because sometimes you can do it unconsciously you know enjoy things without ever contributing to its creation so so when i do acknowledge that i spend a lot of time on something i do try and pay that back in some way um and i think that's what it's about i mean isn't isn't the internet now about creating micro communities and micro cultures and well
1: no, that that's, that's the best thing about social media right Is that we've all met through yeah. it it's a uh... It is that it's 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 the village fair. Yeah, uh, but I, but but with everyone that you meet is interested in the same things you are.
0: Uh, well, exactly. Yeah, yeah. And and now I think we're all so you know. But that doesn't
1: change the fact that we're, that culturally we're starting to look back more than forward. But
0: I just think that's our experience though. I don't know that that's the experience of everyone. I think uh, uh, kids these days they they're always on TikTok. They're always on TikTok. Kids these days. <laughs> <laughs> but that's the kind that's the kind that's the form of content a lot of young people are, are probably comfortable with right i mean yeah but the delivery system
1: doesn't matter but it it's not. still I mean, they're,
0: not, they're not going to be looking back at the films and the movies and the, the shows that we enjoy in 30 years they'll be looking back at you know god knows what i don't even think
1: well it's a 30 year look back it's always that, that that's always been true so the the, the the music of 30 years ago is popular now
4: mm, yeah
1: and, and sometimes it's sixty years ago because the music that's popular thirty years ago was thir- was thirty years ago before that, so that's sixty years. Hmm. I don't know, I, but we are post truth as well. I mean, you just got to look at Trump. And
0: well, yeah, we all felt the reverberations of the Trump era. I think that's.
1: And but also, I mean, think about um, technology companies. You know, b- businesses have worked out the best way of selling something is to to speak to you in a way. That aligns with your beliefs, mm. not the truth. Yeah, with what you think. Yeah. So, if they can echo what you believe, they can sell you stuff and steal your data. Yeah, and so, therefore, they, what
0: you, what, they, they they don't, don't care, they don't they don't care the what the thing. truth. They don't exist. They don't don't care.
1: They don't care what is true and what is right and what is good. They care about what makes money and what keeps you engaged. But is
0: this not is this not all? And I I I just keep coming back to this lately. As you know, I disconnected politically a long time ago. And but all the ills that I kind of look around and see, and I specifically mean the ills that we have now when new technology and new things are evolved. Going back to social media, which I don't think the world was prepared for, and now to AI. Is this not all the problem with capitalism and the way that the entire structure? What would
1: you What would you replace I it with? Don't want to have
0: that conversation. Let's not even. Well, not there you even, go then. No, so no, you no, can't. No, you no, can't even no, say no, it. I can. Let's not even because I don't because it's pointless. We know where it's going to go. We've all had it a thousand times. Right. But so. But, but then don't don't even say the thing that's going to make me think. that. No, it is because what I'm sick of hearing is is that to be honest is because yes, what am I going to replace it with? Nothing, Gavin. Nothing because you've all made it abundantly clear my entire life that fuck all I ever do will change anything. So you know what I'm gonna do? Drink and fuck and die. <laughs> Woo!
4: <Woo-hoo-hoo>, go Steelers!
0: <laughs>